David Sumerto Ramos, and you're listening to Pat Pat Comics. Welcome to Top 5 Comics, people talking about comics, pop culture, and events. Today with us, we have the incredible atomic kick of Mike. Oh, bloody hell. We have the righteous anger of Craig. One shall stand, one shall fall. We have the assassin's hidden blade of Ross. Hi. We have the coonskin cap of Curtis. Cheerio. We have the hidden billy club of Steve. I don't know why all of you bastards. <laughs> and we also have Rob. Hi. The ninja's snuff box. <laughs> Steve also keeps us in line. <laughs> Billy Club, every one of you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was rough. <laughs> Our, God, man, that was rough. Uh, okay, so uh, today we're doing uh, Deadpool, Dracula's Gauntlet, number one. And then Devilers, number one. Death Vigil, number one. Black Market, also number one. And following it up with Robin Rise, number one. Omega. Omega. Well, number that one. number? Yeah. yeah. Omega. Okay. Are you kidding? Nothing gets away without a number on it today, Ross. Sometimes it says one shot. That's true, mm-hmm. but it, it is. It does a number. It does a number. That is a number. Yeah. Sometimes it says nothing. Ross, in the dark pound, what's for the news, Ross? Um, pretty, the biggest news that we've had lately, well, there's been a couple things, but the big one was how Marvel's kind of revamping their three big heroes. They might be revamping more than that, but those three are definitely the big ones. So we had, first we had new female Thor. Right. <gasps> which, which they really haven't released her name, so we don't know who cares. cares. No, they've had put a, a picture out, though, with the... The cast of the new Avengers book, and it's not Angela. She's standing next to She Thor. Yep. So. Seth. No. If no, I remember maybe. right, I could be wrong. I remember reading that it was a new character. Yeah. That found Thor's hammer and was worthy of it. Yeah, if I remember right. Like that would ever happen. Hey, I'm saying better to build constant competition and the lady type, and you know what better to build likes lady types. True. I like how I said that. Nothing. Well, there are plenty of As- <laughs> there are plenty of Asgardian lady types for him to like. It doesn't think, have to be Thor. Well, I don't think. I think it's the idea that the, they pick up the hammer. So in in all actuality, when Better Way Bill picks so, up the hammer, he should turn into Better Way Bill. So they're Bill going Thor. to end this series. Oh, we do it now and restart it. No, not to the old new number one. No. That. At this point, it's still going on as, as God of Thunder. The same same person's writing. It's it. not a God of Thunder though, is it? Well, I mean, if it's still Thor, then it's a technically... It's well, I don't think they're changing Thor into a lady. I think she's just going to be an addition. I don't Going think by the so. name Thor. Yeah. So she'll also be Thor. It wouldn't be the first time. I'm pretty sure it's more like frog. Donald Blake exactly. will just not be Thor. Didn't Storm pick up the hammer once? I don't, I don't know that. No, she was made a special hammer by Loki. So we had Storm Thor? Mm-hmm. Well, there was a... A uh, what if where Rogue picked up the sword, uh, up the hammer? Are you sure about that? 
I, I know I read Maybe that she one. just absorbed hmm. its properties and nobody could pick her up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that isn't so good after all. I don't all. think that's how. Fastball special. Yeah. She seems even more like a jerk than normal. <laughs> I go over and try to pick her up, and she always shuts me down. <laughs> like she's made of a rukai or something. That's the wrong type of metal. Aruka! <laughs> evidently, evidently, she's made out of a fantasy character from the Middle East. Middle, Middle Earth. Earth. Yeah, I was going to say, she's, she's just like the wrong crazy power. orc. She's made out of orc skin. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't want to pick it up because it's like, oh, it's pussy. Mm. That would be it. <laughs> what other characters are we going to screw up? Um, well, and then we had, we'll go with the not as big one this time, which it would be Iron Man, yeah. who... Has a new suit of armor and apparently does something that makes him less likable. Is that? I I think that the, the idea they're going to call it that it's gonna, they're saying it's going to be similar to the Superior Spider-Man. So I'm not sure if it's this other character that we ran into a couple issues back that's actually piloting the armor or what exactly yeah. they mean by that. Because they're going to call it the Superior Iron Man. Aren't yeah. They? So huh. I don't. I, I, I that makes me think it's somebody else in the armor. But I, I don't totally know that. There's not enough out about that yet to be sure about that. And I'm not currently reading Iron Man. I do know there's been a new character and another character introduced in there that could be a possible wearer of the suit, though. Uh, his Doctor. brother? No. Is his brother involved now or something? Uh, well, yeah, it could yeah. be him, I guess. Who's doing the art? I don't know. That's so far down the road. Who knows? Ox body jumping? No. Is it going to be the superior no, Iron no, Man? No, 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 Doc Ox. Nobody will believe it's not him because he's still going after it. said no, Craig. Crazy, crazy. <laughs> no. He said no. No. I want it to be Spock You know now. what? You know, it could be. I guess, Spock. I guess. <laughs> yes. I want it to be uh, Highly Ock. logical. Talk. It would be talk. Tony Ock. Tony. Talk. Wouldn't that be weird if they let Doc Ock jump around a bunch of different bodies? <laughs> So he's Iron Man for a while, then he's, then he's Captain America or who? Thor. No, Thor girl. Dang it, man. Really weird. That was like a setup for the Sam next. Wilson? The next, yeah. Oh. That was a complete, I totally oh, fucked all that. I like this. Now I want it to be like a Quantum Leap or something like that. Mm. He, could, <laughs> he could be talking to a computer interface and he's trying to write what once went wrong and screwing up and being. I really did like that show. But you make it sound stupid. <laughs> no, it, no. He can only fix what people look for where he kicked his ass. <laughs> That'd be kind of cool. And what, what, what's, another, what's the next? Uh, the, the last one oh, which is causing quite a stir is uh, the Falcon, where Sam Wilson will be taking over Captain America. So, I'm not a fan of... I have no problem with this. I'd rather the Falcon just be the Falcon. Exactly. He doesn't need to be Captain America. Although, if they do start calling him Mr. Falcon, I will be behind it further. Because <laughs> that has a special place for me. As far back as possible. <laughs> I, and I want him to be called Captain Falcon for Capcom reasons. <laughs> so ultimately what you're saying is if it's an entirely different book than Captain America, <laughs> the both of you be into it. No, I have no problem with Red Falcon. I, I think that uh, the list for... Uh, who uh, Steve would go to to be his replacement if uh, something happened would be very, very short. I think Red Falcon would be at the top of the list. I don't, well, I don't agree. I think his, uh, his old buddy, the Winter Soldier, would be at the top of the list because he's already done it once. Well, that's the thing I don't understand is what, what the deal with the Red, why the Winter Soldier is not being allowed. I mean, if Bucky's already been capped once, like, what's the point of going to somebody <laughs> else? He did a pretty damn good job. Eh, you know, he did. Now, granted, I mean, in that particular instance, Cap was 
quote-unquote dead. So as far as options are concerned, I guess nobody bothered to ask the Falcons, and now we're going to give him the first shot next time around? Well, I'm sure, I'm sure he's got his own... Oh, yeah, I'm sure so you're saying You're saying he's bitter. Which one, Falcon or yeah. no? Remember that uh, well, Bucky's got his own book now. He's busy. Maybe he can't be Captain America right now. <clears throat> it's taking place in the past. That Captain America series called Sentinel of Liberty. Uh, yes, actually, I do. I think issues eight and nine, Sam Wilson takes over for Captain America. Does he? Back in 1999. Wow. So it's happened before, but it's never been this grandiose. Right. Well, his suit does look pretty awesome. They've had a history before. You breaking out the big words. <laughs> so I like pulls out pulls out the textbook and he's like, I'm gonna tell you when this happened first. <laughs> then I remember a little book called The Truth. Jeez. I, Isaiah, I feel like this. Where is, were you, Isaiah, Bradley? Bradley? You're it's supposed to be like our walking Wikipedia. Mm. <laughs> it's not excellent. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know that one. That was good though. Actually, I, he is the group historian. Mm-hmm. He, he's got the he's got the shit. Did you say pistorian? A historian. Okay. There's there's Nate. Whatever. Whatever works. Drop kick him down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say something else later. <laughs> I don't know. All right. All right. <clears throat> well, you know, there's a, there was one crossover for Batman and Captain America, where the two of them called the what? Called. Oh man, I don't remember the name of it. It's called a crossover between Boom. Batman and Captain America. I don't remember the name of it. <laughs> Volume one. It was, it was one of the Elseworlds stories. What was that? Bat Captain. Bat Cap. No, I don't think so. I think it was actually just called. It might be. Captain Captain it was just Batman, Batman Captain America. Batman Captain America. I don't it wasn't it a mix that. between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Two different, they both of them met, and timeline-wise, it's supposed to have happened in like I don't know, back in World War Two, I guess. So well, who would win? Batman or Captain America? Batman. Mm, <laughs> Batman has something to think. He's like, going to win. I know you don't like those questions. So. No, I don't. <clears throat> that man has time to work. Thank you. Nevertheless, trying to get to the point of the story, at the mm-hmm. end of it, Batman Jr., as Batman, finds Captain America and unfollows him, and his Robin has red hair. That's the end of the story. <laughs> it's really weird. You killed everything. That's what I try to do, man. That's what I try to do. We like our version better. <laughs> yeah, well, I your version I, is apparently in your version we're dealing with Capcom characters and Rob's dealing with Mr. Falcon from Die Hard. Yep. <laughs> 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 Mr. Falcon. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, one day there was a cat caught in a tree and it got down by a car hitting it. The cat was on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Set up that ramp. I'm gonna get the cash. <laughs> also, another news. Hot Wheel City. <laughs> Goddamn. <laughs> all right. I really. That's the first option too. The rough. Yeah. The jump. This jump the car to catch the cat. <laughs> Good idea. Sounds like more expensive dangers all around. Ross, any other news? Yeah, we had uh, the new Batgirl come out. Right. New design. Mm-hmm. A new, I guess a new way they're going with her book, too. So Writing team also? Yeah, they're yeah. pulling the Bat family apart, but they foobarred with Batwoman by bringing her closer to the Bat family and fired the writer. The writers and artists walked away, so it's just weird to me. Mm-hmm. Well, the <coughs> J.H. Williams is she, third. And well, she's involved with Batgirl now? No. That woman. No. They're not. Stay over there. They're working together. No. Stay over there. I'm not saying they're together. No. Stay over there. That woman's still doing her own thing. That's 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 just a a little bit closer to the fold now. Character wise. Right. Guess style of characters within. Yeah. Wasn't the whole motivation behind this that the editor people have changed? 
Mark, I think it's Mark Doyle's editor now. Mm-hmm. So he's going to shake up the bat tree. Well, they always wanted her to be involved in the bat family stuff, right? Bat woman? Yeah. I don't think so. I, I think so she's always she, been her own thing. Yeah, when she showed up in '52, she was basically just replacing the fact there was no Batman around. I don't think she was ever. Character-wise, I don't think I ever wrote her to be part of the group. As more as she was just a replacement at the time, because no one thought Batman was coming back. But editorial-wise, they were they wanted her to go closer toward the Batman. Oh, right? maybe yeah, I don't know that. And that was kind of a big sticking point with J. H. Williams and. Well, the main reason J. H. Williams and I can't remember the writer's name. Aiden Blackman. Aiden Blackman. The reason they left is they wanted to marry. They wanted to marry Batgirl off. And that was that woman. They wanted to marry him. Yeah, and, and well, DC in the New World, no one's married, apparently. So Batman's that was married to his work. Well, <laughs> but is that a real? It's not a loving relationship. For him, it is. Well, you know, they could have just left them together, no and then the uh, you know it would be a common law. <laughs> they're still apparently together. Apparently, DC doesn't do <laughs> I think they're still together. Yeah. It's, it's not like they broke the two of them up. Like, here's a crowbar, you're done. Smell like a Van Halen. Yay! <laughs> yeah, he's, he's right about that. <laughs> he's right, right about that. They don't have marriage, uh, they don't have any form of it. There's no common law, there's no yeah. <laughs> no contract, no nothing. Pretty sure Everybody all the lives in sin. That they help aren't married either. <laughs> I don't. Okay, that's enough of that nonsense. Okay, are you alright over there, Mike? Mike. All right. Great. We killed Mike. Yeah, good job. Good, good, good job. Ross, anything else? I know there's more, Ross. You keep going. I can't, I can't think of it right oh, now. Oh, are you kidding me? Well, we do know that Axos is going to be the next big Marvel thing, and so all the stuff for Marvel that we've been talking about is going to be way after Axis. So don't be worried about all these changes <laughs> happening here in the next couple of months because it's going to be a ways down the road. And... Red Circle Comics has changed their name to D- Dark Circle Comics. What? And they're going to start a new line in 2015 with a new shield as a female, hmm. the Black Hood, and a new The Fox by Mark Wade and Dean Haspiel. Does that mean they're going to get back the contract for Fox from Archie? Uh, Red Circle is an imprint of Archie. Oh. So they've been using that. I didn't realize that they were connected like mm-hmm. that. Because hmm. I know Marvel had, or DC had, bunched those characters for yeah. a minute, yeah. and then they went back to Red Circle. Uh-huh. So, yeah, that's, that's weird. I haven't heard that. Huh. Huh. All right. Well, well the guy who's right next, <coughs> Dwayne Sprzinski. Okay. He's going to be doing the Black Hood. Is he in relation to the other Sprzinski? Sprzinski. Sprzinski. I think that's how you say his name. Okay. I was getting struck with that. No. Swa. I think so. Huh. Swarzynski? Swarzynski? Okay. I don't know. Yeah, again, I hadn't heard that. So Interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what exactly they think they're doing, but... I mean, the web one was coming out from um, DC. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, the show was cool, too, actually. Both those were good. Yeah, that's a good but demo. No one cares. No one cared. Exactly. <coughs> now we're just putting it out, and guess what? No one cares. You need the better Thai character than... Mr. Terrific, too, though, to bring them into the DC Universe as a full. But hmm. it, they would have been, I think, a lot better received in the New 52 That's than they would have been before that. Yeah, they're really trying to be their own section of DC. 
DC's red circle, and I yeah, I don't think maybe that's what, maybe that was what the problem was. Well, they only ran into a few people. Most terrific was one of them. Uh, Batgirl was so brief, it was almost negligible in uh, the web. Right. Um, that one was cool though. Was yeah, cool. it was. Human Torch didn't have any connection to anything, and then um, neither did the Hangman. Although he could have been really easy to put with like Doctor Fate and some of the Mystic characters. Hmm. Oh well. So Black Circle, huh? Dark Circle. Dark Circle. <coughs> Dark Circle. That's a cool name. I like that. I like that. Is there anything else? Is that, is that it? There's more. I just can't remember all of it. There's. I felt like there was eight million things this week that were like, boom, 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 boom. All right. But most of it must have been Marvel stuff and just blew my freaking mind. <laughs> they did kind of release those like one after another. Yeah, and that's true. All at the same time. Yeah, yeah, and not to the outlets that we're used to because they released at the time, I think. The Captain oh, America right, thing. Oh, right, yeah. And they brought Thor in on The View. So they're releasing it to different outlets to get more. The View. View. <laughs> the View. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, the ladies show. They think ladies read comic books. Just Not that I women don't, don't read comic books. There's plenty of girls that do, and we quite, actually we have quite a few female readers that come in the store. Mm-hmm. So as far as like that goes, it's not because there's not lady viewers. Not that audience. Just not that audience of lady viewers. Yeah, I wouldn't imagine so. Well, no, and this is another classic case of like Marvel cancellations it's... or anything that came up or. No. no, I know. <laughs> 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 not, I, not anything that I've heard. I don't actually think. I mean, if they're Ooh. changing the title for Iron Man, they're replacing Iron Man. Did Hawkeye get canceled? Or? Oh, you know what? There is there's words about that. Yeah, they did. Twenty two yeah. is the last one. Twenty two be the last one. You knew that uh, did you did you bait that? Is that what you were doing? No, I hadn't heard. I okay. just haven't had seen an issue come out in like months. Yeah, twenty two. Twenty two will be the last issue. I don't even know what issue it's at. Uh, eight. Uh, 18, 19. Yeah, mm-hmm. something like that. Which, which one had the hurricane on the front of it? The the tie the tie oh, was seventeen? The fifteen? I don't, I don't remember. remember. I guess Evil Ernie's gonna come back. Again. What what what? And Tim Sully is gonna be writing them. You don't say. So is it that, may that, be good. Is that really Maybe good. It's news, Mike. We're comic book news. It's comic books. G T. Bill, Bill, what's his name? Bob, who? Brasky? No. Bill O'Reilly? <laughs> no. Dan. <laughs> Murray? Who is Evil Ernie in real life? Is that, is that Dynamite? I can't remember. The Chaos Guy? Do you not remember his name? I can't remember. I can't remember it either. It's Bill something, Billy? Bill? I don't remember. Is that, it's is probably that, Ernest something. No. No. It's got to be something like that. Is that no. Dynamite putting that out? Mm-hmm. Dynamite, yeah, Dynamite's doing the... Right, well, they just started up... They, well, they got the Chaos book happening. And we're going to have Purgatory start, I want to say, next month. And we have Chastity. Chastity, we had number one come out. Um, so I guess Ernie's just following along the same lines of all the chaos. Are they the ones putting out, like, the new Alien and whatever book? The no. Prometheus? No, that's Dark Horse. Dark Horse. Dark Horse. Yeah, Dark Horse has a... Uh, Ernest Fairchild. Ernest Fairchild. Ernest Fairchild? That makes sense. That's the guy that ran... No, you're thinking of Brian Polito. Brian Polito, that's the guy. Okay. But he didn't create Evil Ernie. He is him. Have you seen him? I've seen that, yeah. Okay. Oh, I'll give you in the newer, in, the, in his newer oh. trimmed phase. He did create him. Right. Yeah, he did. Okay. Well, now we're sort of on the same page about what was going on in my chaos. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> As I shrug my shoulders, okay. <laughs> anyway. Um, God. 
What was your question, Mike? I'm sorry. How about the alien? Oh, yes. Um, the fire... God, I don't remember the name of it now. There's two four-parts coming out from Dark Horse. Uh, they're going to run simultaneously, Prometheus and, and Alien. And they both have the same like subtitle to it. How they're going to work together, I don't know yet. But and by that time, Star cool. Wars is done. Yeah. Uh, you know, I want to uh, say they're still putting out the trades. Because they're putting out the last ongoing Star Wars next month. That's it? Yeah. The is it most, next month or the month after? Man, the most recent issue at the end says to be concluded. So I'm going to say, you know, you're right, I don't yeah. remember what numbers those uh, are. Oh, okay. Because it but I want to say like there's one the, more issue. It didn't look like on the vanilla Star Wars one, they might have uh, one more. That's what I'm talking about. Are you sure? Yeah. I thought it just said to be continued. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure it's like concluded. Yeah, you're right. Vanilla okay. Ice Star Wars. Could you imagine that? Mm-hmm. Boom, 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 boom. Maybe. Boom, 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 boom. Hey, there's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie coming out. Boom, 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 boom. No? Space Dandy. <laughs> it would be Space Dandy, right? <laughs> oh, my God. Vanilla Ice in Star Wars is Space Dandy. Yeah. Wow. That's almost fantastic. <laughs> wow. That's freaking awesome. Uh, okay, so uh, that's all the news that we can gleam at this point yeah. with stuff. And, and Rocket right. Girl's coming back in September. Well, that's good. Oh, yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. That's good. Right. I think we do like Rocket Girl. That's a good book. Yeah, it's fun. It's got time travel. And I, do, I, do, I do like time travel so much. Amy Reader is a machine. Yeah, she's awesome. Okay, so uh, let's do a little bit of a rundown of uh, Denver Comic Con, and then we'll get some books. Ross, go. Don't shrug your shoulders. You were there the entire time, mister. <laughs> I saw you. Highlights, Ross. Highlights? Highlights. Denver Comic Con. They're yellow and orange. Oh, my God. I saw, Gal- I saw Galactus. Okay, we'll go with Mike. Mike, your story from Comic Con, go. I saw Galactus. I did. He was there. That big nine-foot-tall dude. Yes, that's, yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah. Yeah, with the little <laughs> silver surfer. Uh, yeah, with the little silver on his shoulder. That was pretty, that was pretty cool. Okay. Let's get, get the guy props. He nailed it. I, I wonder if it's the same guy. Did he did a, there was a there was a Galactus like that the first year? Yep. Was the same dude. Impressive costume. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah very I would, impressive. Yeah, most definitely. Anyone can stay in stealth like that. And, and uh, Curtis and I did kind of have a plan to, well, take out a certain creator. <laughs> and we had a shot, but we did not do it. <laughs> oh, hesitated. And you all know who I, we're talking about. <laughs> what a jerk. <clears throat> well, the list is pretty long. Yeah, there's the really oh, well, well, this one's been around for a fair minute. Yeah, I mean, yes, he's done a lot. Oh, okay. Yeah, you but have, he's right, done a lot. Right. you got to give him credit. However, he doesn't have to be such an ass. He, he can draw like a mofo, but his people's skills are a no-no. <laughs> <laughs> and, we, and we had an opportunity. There was a, a big tragedy for the show, because there was a guy you really wanted to meet, and he didn't make it because of a tremendous uh, accident. Oh, he thought Injury. about uh, Murphy. Murphy. Sean. Oh, broken collarbone, and he had a pet emergency, so that Murphy. was okay. <laughs> Murphy. He's a, he's, a dog, he's a dog guy, so he's, that's okay. You can turn into a dog? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's a dog person. That's amazing. So uh, I let it pass this time. A little known skill. Mm-hmm. Another dude didn't shock me all the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Can you draw me Batman? <laughs> Here, hold my pen. Is he going to be in San Diego? I don't know. I haven't, I haven't seen him on any of the lists. So I'm, I'm going to say maybe, but if he is, he's not there as a booth or a 
an, an alley person. But you know, everybody we talked to was really cool. There was a not one. Oh. And I have to say, I really thought Yannick Paquette was going to be a, a difficult to talk to, but he was really cool. It's cool. Yeah. He was really but, cool. Because, you know, there, during the end of that rock world thing, right. where there was that one issue that just, like, stood out because the art was different. Right, right, yeah, I remember that. He explained that whole Number thing. Number 18, yeah. Why it happened, why he, he chose, he had to choose an issue to do, whether it be that one or the or the end or the following. Right, the final issue. And he chose the following because of more he had to do more of the emotional stuff, and he really wanted to, he, it was really cool. That's cool. he explained it. He's actually yeah. a pretty cool dude. Yeah? Yeah. No, I'm good. It was really cool getting to meet uh, Derek Friedolf, too. Oh, right. Yeah. That dude was laid back. Yeah, cool as all get out. He was, he was very giving with his time, I think. Mm -hmm. It was all about you know, talking to us and stuff. And so we were really happy to see what he was a part of. Uh, Batman Eternal number... Shoot. Yeah, one 15? of the, one of the 15, ones. Think, and yeah. then, uh, he did the inks on that, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, but it, it looks so much like him. No, it's oh. good. Yeah, it's because it's uh, it's him and uh, Justin Wynn. Yeah, and they work together. Oh right, they both everything. Yeah, Little and a bunch of other stuff. And then uh, George Gianti, he's going to be working on Batman Eternal. George's. Or, oh, or oh, no, uh, is it Future's End? George's, yeah, George's, George's yeah. Mm -hmm. Future's End. Yeah, Future's End. Yeah, it's Future's End. He's going to be working. Yeah, on. he's going to have a couple issues that he's part of. And some is super cool. Yeah, he was really cool too. Right. It was awesome getting to meet uh, Patrick Gleason, too. Right. I know you guys have met him before, but for me, it was pretty huge. He was totally different, too. Really? Well, he's got the full beard. Yeah. Now. He's sporting the beard. Yeah. <laughs> back, back, back 2010, 2011, he wasn't necessarily sporting the beard. He just had the chops. He, yeah, well, that's true. <clears throat> and he probably said it that, sir. Zach, Zach Howard, always a class act. Hold on. What did Gleason tell you about his input? Oh, one of his, his I asked him whose idea Titus was, and he says it was mine. I, I wanted to draw a dog, and so they wrote Titus into the story. Just cool. cool. He's like, it doesn't have to be Ace. I just want Bruce and Damien to have a, a dog. That's yeah, cool. I think, yeah, because he said Bruce, and then when the story started to evolve more around Damien, it started to become more of Damien's dog. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll see more of Titus as the show goes on. Right. Yeah. So. yeah, he he posted a the it was last week now. Uh, Pat posted the uh, cover for Batman Robin, and uh, it, his quote with it has been a long time since I've seen this title. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. It was just cool. And the cover looks awesome. So <laughs> pretty pretty stoked about that. Back to <coughs> Zach, Zach Howard. Zach Howard is always a class act. I gotta buy a, I gotta buy a page from him out of issue five of Wild Boy Hunter. Oh, nice. And it's got Critter on it. That's the reason I bought it. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that, that's his dog. That was his dog that he actually uh, adopted yep. later in life when he was nine years yeah. old. And as he was drawing that issue, his dog died. Wow. So it was kind of an homage to his dog. Wow. And then I think the back of number four, there's actually an homage to his dog, Duke. Oh, I know that. Yeah, it's like a eulogy kind yeah. of. Yeah. So it was, that's the reason I bought it was because Critter was on it. That's cool. That's awesome. So all the creators in it were kind of I mean, dogs. Ryan Otley, he's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> he's, yeah. He's, he's hilarious. He is a good dude. He's quite only sketching. Right. But well, he's he'll, make time. Yeah. he'll make yeah. time. And then Humberto Ramos was really cool. Right. He was. Come by after the 
show. Oh yeah, yeah, online. yeah. That was pretty. That was yeah, that, that was, was pretty cool. They came by the booth after the show and, and hung out for a little bit and took pictures and stuff. That was pretty. That was really cool. He didn't have to bother. No. But then that was like a whole what there was because we interviewed him what Saturday morning and then he yeah. came by Sunday night. So like yeah, a day and a half later, they yeah they still took the time to stop by. That was pretty cool. That was really yeah. He's always been a cool dude. I've met him before, just like getting books signed before. But yeah, that was really pretty. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that was really pretty cool. That was, yeah. And then the team, uh, Layla Del Duca and Rick Taylor. Right, they were really oh, cool. Right, right, yeah. yeah. I mean, we talked to them just several times. Just walking by. Yeah, they're, right. They're hilarious. Where they, where they were at, any time we were leaving, we kind of were getting past where they were sitting at. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was pretty cool. And that commission she did for. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Yeah. For your that wife. Was that was, thing? Yeah. Um, that was insane for the It's really good. For the amount of money. It's, she's it's, yeah, she's really good. She's gonna be picking up though, so Oh, no doubt. Yeah. yeah. She was she said she was a nobody last year and I'm like I didn't even see you here and I usually go around looking for Right. Her. Right. So. Oh well that's the I found that Rita Moore. Mhm. And I talked to her husband a while because she'd stepped away. He's really cool. Well, I talked to both of them a while. They're they're really good people. Cool. She is, man, she's amazing. Yeah. Well, I remember the face she did for you, the document cover. That was, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah she remembered awesome. that, too. Oh, <laughs> nice. And that's where I got the ratchet and clank print for my kid. Oh, right, right, yeah. I remember, I remember Which she that. loved. That's he grew cool. up with that game. <laughs> yeah. it's, also, it's hanging on his wall. Nice. So. Also, Tone Rodriguez. That guy's a class act. You know, I'm actually, sure who you are. I, I was going through a couple boxes yesterday, and I found that cover, the shadow cover. Oh, yeah? And I was like, awesome. Yeah. He, he knocks <laughs> that stuff out. Yeah, it's great. He's such an underrated guy. Yeah, you know, yeah. he really doesn't get a lot of traction. Mm-hmm. I, I, and I wonder if it's just because of the random like jobs he winds up on. Is he not on any books or anything? He's doing Futurama. Huh. Yeah. Of all things. Didn't he tell you to quit stalking him? He did. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Because I was trying to find him and ask him about doing time for podcasts. Right, right. And I followed him into the uh, art pins section. He's like, are you stalking me? I'm like, no. And he looks over at the counter. He's stalking me. <laughs> That's actually hilarious. But, no, he, he totally made time. He's he's one cool. of the, he's a top dude. That's really funny. I was afraid you were going to say you followed him into the bathroom. For no. No, that would be, that would oh. be above and beyond. And another call dude that was pretty cool that Mike Kunkel. Mike Kunkel? The, yeah, the hero bear. bear guy. Oh, right, yeah. God, I don't and recognize that. And cannot forget George Perez. Talk about a class act. That, I know, yeah. that dude is awesome. Yeah, George, is, yeah, he's had his hand in a lot of stuff. He's actually got a book getting ready to come out here in... Sirens? September, I think. Yeah, Sirens. Uh, I, uh, I don't know. I, I like the way it looks. It's yeah. like a sci-fi superhero. Pretty much, yeah. I, I'm interested to see that. I want to say... Man, is it... It's, I think it's Dynamite? Yeah. No, uh, Boom. No, is boom. it Boom? Okay. Boom. I can't remember who's doing yeah, it. Yeah, support that. Yeah. Yeah. There's another dude that was there. Uh, his name is Nate Hamill. Hamill. Well, who was the guy staying at the hotel that allowed Dan you? Scotty. Yeah. Dan Scotty. Yeah. He was he was a big highlight too. Yeah, he was but a lot of fun. It was cool riding the riding the short bus with him. He let me carry his art supplies. <laughs> it was cool. It was cool. And his interview his interview was really cool too. You can tell that dude loves comic books. Right. All sorts of from. Histories of comic books. That's cool. You can tell it. Same with Nate Hamill. I had talked to him about the Shadow. He's got a. Uh, he did a Shutter um, pinup, and uh, he did a uh, Luther Strode pinup oh. that I I, I want to buy it, but I couldn't at that time. But it's right. still on the it's still on the books. So 
That's cool. He's a cool dude. He's a cool dude. I hope he hits it big. He said that he was actually in contact with one of the writers that was there that's really well known. Right. And offered him a job. So nice. Hopefully cool. we'll see some of his work shortly. That'd be cool. Yeah. Jake Parker was really oh my cool God. to too. That was some really cool stuff. Yeah, I had no idea who that was. Right. And then we had what Skull Chaser. Yep. Yeah. That what's is that the new name? What's the new? Name? I think the new. I think the new name is Skull Chaser. Okay. It wasn't the uh, Space Skull. Space Skull. Space Skull. Is that the new yeah, name? There's no That's new the, one. Skull Chaser. Skull Chaser is the new one. Space Skull is the original. Yeah. yeah. He, I got a cool. Uh, uh, Frankenstein's monster commission from him. That's awesome. Like, yeah, I remember, yeah. He does some weird. He does, he he uses like an orange uh, artist pencil huh. to do shading. It, it's, it's something different than I've never I've never seen it. So it was it was really cool. That's cool. And and John Layman, he was really cool. Right. <laughs> yeah, John Layman was. Uh, he's a character too. John. Oh yeah. yeah. A, a lot of those writers are characters. Oh, for sure. But and then you got you got they immerse themselves in this culture, right? And some of us aren't the best, best well behaved, so <laughs> you know what I mean, right? Yeah, yeah. I told I told Tone I'm just going to stand here and watch you draw while I drool. <laughs> He's like, that's <laughs> no different than everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's funny. Well, I mean, Tone in general, like, being that he's doing art right now for Futurama, it just shows he's got kind of a wide... Because, like, Futurama, compared to, like, Bloody Messiah, entirely different. Mm -hmm. uh, or even Mayhem. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Huh? He's just E-Man, too. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, like, as far as styles are concerned, I mean, I'll give you a Bloody Messiah is kind of similar to Mayhem, I guess, a little bit. It, way more gritty, but... Mm -hmm. Then you go to Futurama, and it's like... It looks like the cartoon. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, uh... Dude, yeah, he's he's a cool dude. Yeah, uh, yeah. But meeting uh, Zach Howard again, Ryan Otley again, Pat right. Grayson again, just those three are like tops for me art wise. Right. And then you throw in Tone and Lila Del Duca, and it's like, man, I don't I, I don't like approaching a lot of tables because I always want to buy something. Right. I never have the money for it. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's hard for me. And that's why I don't understand why I run around with. You. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that makes me want to buy something. Yeah, because I bought something from Victor Olazaba. I had no intentions to because I got a group from him two years ago or something. Right. And I bought something from him because I cannot go to a table <laughs> and not buy cool too. Yeah. They're Every, all cool. Everybody we met was just so cool. Mm -hmm. It's a boon for the industry. I like it. Right. I like it a lot. Denver did a, did a good show this year. And had a lot, fairly good we choice of artists. Well, yeah. yeah, you have to. Yeah. You have to walk by his table to get to where we were going every day. If you're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are out of control. That's what happens. Well, that's true. Beware, uncool artists and mm -hmm. writers. You have been snubbed. <laughs> but regardless of one of us that snubs them, there's ten more that go to him. Mm. So it doesn't, yeah, matter. it doesn't matter. He gets his, his share, too. I'm yeah. not, I'm not, di I'm I'm not giving, dogging I'm, the guy. I'm giving the guy credit. He's done a lot. Oh, yeah. He's I done mean, a hell of a lot. Stuff that I've even liked. Right. So, but I mean, he, he changed things. He did. He did. However, he's just one of those people you'd like to knock down as <laughs> <laughs> you leave the show. I think even one day we followed him into the show. Yeah, on the escalator. escalator. Yes, we talked about mm -hmm. it. Yes. Guys, I swear. <laughs> I have to get a leash yeah, for both yeah. of you. <laughs> Hopefully, not ones where you're together. Let me. I don't wish any harm on the man. I know. I do I not. Know. 
Know, but he falls down a flight of stairs, I might not help him up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, overall, like, everybody was pretty cool. I mean, me and Rogoff talked to Stephen Mill for a second, that was pretty cool. Ooh. And Jonathan Frakes. John- oh, yeah. He's he's a nice, nice guy. He's cool. But he likes to push his stuff, so. Well, well yeah. That's what I was behind a couple that said, uh, their kid's name was William, he was like 10. Yeah. Like, they're named after you. He's like, no, they're named after the character. <laughs> That's freaking hilarious. That's just really funny. Yeah. I'd expect that from the man who's in every version of Star Trek now. Yep, that's true. What about Campbell? Who's cool? Who's who's cool? He definitely, uh, he's definitely orchestrated. He's done a lot of shows. So he's, he's definitely orchestrated. There's lots of different rules dealing with, with him, but he also has people that manage his whole setup. Don't touch his so, velvet coat. Well... I got to go. <laughs> I, I did. I want him to dress as Bubba Hotel. That would be freaking awesome. <laughs> do you, do you see zero. the cowboy hat he was wearing? Oh yeah. my god, yeah. that thing was freaking huge. So he is he he likes he he wants to let go and just be nuts, but they won't let you know. Him, I I think uh, he, he yeah to a certain extent yeah. I mean he's uh, just in general. You if you see him at, at shows. Whenever he's not being corralled or being or his people aren't running his situation, he's a, he's a little more wild. But at the same time, you, you gotta understand like when you talk about B actors or even like anybody famous in the comic scene or the indie scene, like you don't get bigger than Bruce Campbell because everybody knows who he is. Whether you know him from Burn Notice, whether you know him from Bubble Hotel, whether you know him from Army Darkness, Evil Dead. I mean, or just random B roles in movies, or he's just randomly in them. The Spider-Man movies, you know, as far as the, the Ted Raimi Spider-Man movies, Sam, sorry, Sam Raimi. Well, they're both in them, so whatever. Anyway, as far as the movies are concerned, you don't get bigger than Bruce Campbell, as far as comic scene people. Nerd culture. Yeah, you really don't. I mean, don't be wrong. Shatner's got a different appeal and. Even Jonathan Frakes had a different appeal. I mean, it's got the sci-fi niche to him. Whereas, I mean, any type of show, you, you don't get bigger than Bruce Campbell because everybody knows who he is. And Bruce actually embraces his past roles, where some artists are like, I'm going to distance myself from that. Well, I'll give you like those. I, I'm pretty yeah. sure there was a time that he probably hated Ash. I, I don't think that's the case anymore. Like, I, I'll give you that. I'm sure there's a time that he probably did. But, like, so, the very first, man, this is like 10 years ago. Me and Rob had a chance to talk with Ted, with Ted Raimi, uh, Sam's brother, the younger one. Ted is. Ted is completely legit. Like, as far as people, I we talked to him for like 35 minutes, probably. And the dude told us all kinds of crazy stories, and just awesome, like, super awesome. But he is the little brother of the famous one. And he's been in shows, too, separate. I mean, he was in Sequest, and... He's filmed bit parts in, like, all kinds of movies. But at the same time, like, there's that niche to the sci-fi B-movie culture that are just people you cannot stand. I mean, me and, prior to us talking to him, it was actually a dude that we were... That we, that we was only like trying to talk to him before that. And we talked more shit with him about that guy than we probably talked about anybody else the entire freaking show. And because the guy was so weird but there's just so many of them I guess we're all kind of weird he showed up with like a suitcase with newspaper clippings yeah and he was like wanting to laugh with him about these newspaper clippings like hey read this one and Mm -hmm. it was weird it was it was weird even for like comic book show weird it was it was really weird that comes from like last was last year that um me and Ben Tumble Smith talked to the guy with the murder case the dude that goes to all the different 
sites of homicidal murders and takes like photographs of himself there. Collects all his memorabilia. Writes to what's the what's the Manson? Uh, I told you about this. Charles Manson. Yeah. Me, I didn't tell you about this story. Me and Ben Templesmith talking. Wait, it was the first year. Was you, the didn't, first... you didn't go in depth in it. Yeah. Okay. So there's the, actually I have part of a video of it. I'm gonna find that and show it to you. It's freaking weird. Like me. And, so I said so DOA. Josh. He he's all about Ben Templesmith, and it was the first year. It was the first year me and Ross went when me and him did the show. It wasn't last year. Anyway, so um, prior like the early morning, I went over and before the show had opened, went over and started talking to Ben for a second. I was getting a piece of work for DOA, and uh, so I was over chit chatting with him while he was working on it. And the show opened up, and um, we're I don't even remember what we were talking about. At some point, um, he he asked me who it was for. And I told him who it was for, and he was a big fan. He's like, oh, well, it's too bad your friend couldn't make it. I'm like, well, yeah, you know, he's he's going to make it because of work or whatever. And uh, at some point, uh, he, he said, he said, I don't remember what he said to me, but I got it in my head. I was like, you know what? You, you want to talk to him? And so I actually, I called DOA, and the two of them talked on the phone for a minute, which was really pretty awesome. And then the show opened, and then... uh He's finishing up a piece of work doing the, the whole blood splatter thing that he does with the straw, and it's awesome. And this guy comes up to the table, and so, you know, he's like, is, is it all right if I wait and do that? I'm like, yeah, dude, do whatever you got to do. We've been hanging out for like an hour. Anyway, so the guy breaks out this weird case full of, not newspaper clippings, but like photos. Some, I guess there was some newspaper clippings. And apparently the, the dude's whole thing, and other people have told me about this guy before, actually Donnie, who now lives in Arizona, he had told me about this guy from a couple years before. Apparently, this is what the dude does. And he goes to the shows and gets artists or writers or whatever to look at his weird collection of photos of murder houses that he's been to. So he goes to a show in, like, some state. If that show is near some type of crazy murder house, he'll go there. Apparently, he had written to Charles Manson in jail a lot. And he'd gotten some pieces of artwork from Charles Manson in jail. Which me and Ben were both very interested to see and subsequently both took pictures of. Anyway, um, so this went on for, I don't remember, I can't remember how long they were there talking to us. And uh, by the time we finally all wrapped up and ended, um, Ben's like, Ben's finished, finished, he finished putting the last couple of blood spots on there, and, and he looks at me and he goes, did that really just happen? And he's got that crazy accent. And I'm like, you know what? That was the weirdest thing I've ever had happen, ever. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, you know, a bunch of the guys are really good for researching things, but that was really weird. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not exactly sure what he wanted you to say, because that was freaking weird. <laughs> anyway, so that, I, man, I'm surprised I never told you that before. Anyway, uh, yeah, I have a video of part of it, because I was using the flip for DOA, so you see the bloods being blown on his picture, and that dude showed up, and so I have a video of the Manson work. I'll have to find that for you. That's, it's freaking weird, dude. Yeah, you never went in depth in it. You mentioned that you talked about Because it was creepy. Murder fan. Yeah, freaking weird. Anyway, that was a couple years ago. Anyway, but yeah, as far as like everybody else, I don't know. Bruce Campbell's he, yeah, he's cool. And I've, uh, other year, okay, so man, I got kind of lost in that for a second. Yeah, you did. Um, yeah, no, Bruce is cool. And like I said, I think at one point he probably he probably did hate being Ash, but it's been a lot of time since then. And at this point, I don't think it's that's the case anymore. So I, I mean, it's ten years ago maybe, but not now. And as far as like everything else I mean he's got the two novels he's got all the all the other film work he's done since then 
man, and we hear rumors about another Army of Darkness with him, which is cool. But it's, it's tough. Well, so. at the end of the new Evil Dead, he shows up there and laughs and says "Groovy," right? Which is awesome. But I think it was an ash attire. Yeah. So, but of course, he also was saying like, "Oh, I'm not going to be a part of it because I'm getting older now." Yeah, but can't be running around jumping over cars and shit. I think so. he just had his birthday too. I think he's like 57 now. Oh man, like that. that's crazy! I didn't realize that. Looks good. No, he's dead. He does. He definitely does. <laughs> he doesn't look. He doesn't yeah. look like he's 50. So. And, uh, and who else was there? Kate K. Lutz. She's awesome. From the uh, Green Arrow show. She's, yeah, she's fantastic. We talked about her Death Valley show. In TV. It was okay. It was Lamar. Lamar Burton. Oh, and Lamar, yeah, that was cool too. Lamar. Lamar. Yeah, Jordy. I, I, yeah. Leading Rainbow. Straight Jordy, so. Lamar. Yeah. yeah. you got like four million dollars. Yeah, at least. Yeah, which is awesome. The whole yeah. Leading Rainbow campaign, man, awesome. Yeah, he was really, he was a really, really cool, cool cat too, actually. Full on almost pimp suit. Yeah. Was, yeah, <laughs> pretty awesome. <laughs> anyway, good, good show. I've seen Gates McFadden there. Yeah? I didn't. She was walking by while I was in the line for Jonathan Frakes. Right. And I was like, oh my god, that's Gates McFadden. <laughs> Beverly! <laughs> hilarious. That was a lot of... A lot of stuff, mm-hmm. I think. I, I will say, though, Gertie's signature, I have seen Buddy Brad's uh, photo, it's freaking awesome. Yeah. It's huge. Like, the whole bottom of the picture hmm. is his signature. Pretty impressive. Well, there's not many people I'd stand in line for for a picture, but Jonathan Brakes was one of them, so I had to make it together. Hmm. So, yeah, it was good times. It good times, yeah. And, of course, we had the, our, our very brief meeting with Adam West, which was pretty cool. Right. That was, that was a little weird, but... That was about, like, Shatner. Yeah. You know? It was the it, same deal. Yeah, I don't know. Go in, stand, take photo. Yeah, I mean, it's not... Like, everybody else, is, it seems to be, it was a little, it was a little different. I mean, it, he has a grant, he did have a giant line of people, too, so... Maybe that's the main reason. But, yeah, I don't know. They, it's really conveyor belt regardless. But, like, some of them are... They still handle it better than others. But, I don't know. It, I don't know. It was still cool, because that and wise. Hmm. So, that's... Cool. Yeah, they screwed up and they gave me two pictures, which is cool. But uh, I saw those. And Adam was looking at you and one of them like, "What the hell are you doing?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then he tried to like do a hand gesture, but the camera guy just took the picture too fast, anyways. Oh. Which was like half of the conveyor belt problem mm-hmm. is that evidently Adam is not fast enough to beat the quick draw camera guy. <laughs> Technology, bad computer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't see the paper print out. <laughs> This stuff is still thinking. <laughs> Great. He's trying to be person, uh, personable and all that, and the hey, camera guy is just a job. <laughs> done, done, done. Mm-hmm. Boo, boo, well, I think I don't think they expected it because like uh, I and Wendy did did a pose when we were doing like the bat Tusi thing, and so there's one picture where he's trying to be like eh, <laughs> with his hands up, kind of. And then the other one is, you know, like, he, he realized that we were doing it and was like, oh, that's great. Like, he actually, it was kind of funny because he seemed like he was actually touched mm-hmm. that somebody would remember that because he's probably like, oh, you guys are too young to know me <laughs> as Batman or anything else. I just, I like the one where he's looking at you like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a good thing. I like that one, too. But they, I guess they weren't supposed to give us both of them. But they, they printed out the first one wrong and it was just our crashes. <laughs> And then they printed out two others. <laughs> uh, All right. And we took off of them. So it's really too bad you didn't get to keep the crotch ones. Well, I, I, if I had, 
we wouldn't have got the full picture. So, oh wow! Same bat crotch mm. place. Mm. Bat crotch town. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Remember, chum, protect the bat crotch. <laughs> Me without a cod piece. Yeah. I, I would have liked to get bat piece. <laughs> I would have liked to gotten the other ones, but like they were so expensive. So hopefully yeah. after after the anniversary, if I ever get a chance for Burt Ward and. In theory. He does wrestle dogs. There you go. Somebody asked him. Mm. Mm. Better get that one quick. <laughs> Alright, well, let's uh let's go and move on some books. Anyway, ultimately Denver Comic Con not not a let down. Good show. Um fun stuff, fun people. People you've never heard of or say I mean, Right. They're up in commerce. They're really cool down to earth mm. and they some really cool stuff. Right. Uh, yeah, I could have I could have talked to Dan Scotty forever. <laughs> I really could. Once I get on it. Okay, so uh, well, let's go into this. Yes, of course. we're already a minute in. Uh, so Rob Deadpool. Okay, I'm gonna do the ultra fast Deadpool, but don't don't uh, discount this book because it's actually fantastic. Deadpool: The Gauntlet of Dracula was originally only released as an online book, and hopefully. Due to poor cells, they actually chose to make it a printed version. Or because they want double cells. It's fine with me as long as they make a printed version. <laughs> but um, they're releasing it as a weekly deal. And honestly, like, it's kind of, if you take Deadpool and then jam 007 and Indiana Jones in there, you pretty much get Dracula, Dracula's Gauntlet. So, like, we open up with this whole adventure of him in England and, um, you know, it's very typical Deadpool stuff, like people underestimating that you can't just shoot him in the heart and he'll die. <laughs> and he even saves the girl at the end of it, and then she freaks out when she sees his face. Oh, yeah, but was it? She was like, I'll go get help. And he's like, I don't need help. And she's like, yeah, you do. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she runs down the beach. This is my regular face. It's just, no. <laughs> she's running away. And then we get, like, this whole opening mantra, like, Totally James Bond style, like the shadowy women with weapons, but they're like feeding him burritos and chimichangas and stuff. Okay. And like this whole like song playing in his head. Theme song. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of James Bondy, but not really. And you know, at the very end of it, rather than pulling the gun and the iris filling with blood like James Bond, he gets shot in the head. Yeah. And it opens up with him sleeping on a park bench. To somebody who seems like they're trying to like lift one of his pouches, <laughs> and so of course he fights the guy and winds up that he's a he's a vampire. There's a great scene here that uh, can't be neglected where he uh, he sees the vampire disappear behind one of the English double decker buses. Right. He's like, oh, that's great. English vampires can vanish behind buses, <laughs> and he just starts like attacking <laughs> the dust behind the bus. And the vampire's, like, riding away on top of the van, just, like, <laughs> face bomb, face palming. Yeah. It's pretty, which, pretty uh, funny. Which leads us to introduce to Dracula, who sent him to invite Deadpool to uh, to work for him. But, of course, Deadpool, you know, before he can meet Dracula, winds up killing the vampire with an umbrella. That one had he thought it was robbing him? Yeah. This entire chase of Deadpool following this guy it was simply because he thought he was being robbed. He gets to the house. Gets to the house he followed him to. Kills the vampire. Dracula reveals that he was being invited there, and he finds a note in his pouch. <laughs> so rather than just check to see if he was gone, 
and said he went after the vampire and killed him. Yeah. That was very dead. It was very dead. True. Yes. Of course, before the vampire turns to dust, the umbrella flaps open. Of course. <laughs> Perfect. And so uh, Dracula basically is checking to see if Deadpool can be controlled by Dracula's mind control powers, and so he orders him to shoot himself in the head. And, you know, Deadpool's like, whatever, okay. Usually people pay me to kill other people, but I guess, why not? <laughs> and he's about to do it, and Dracula's like, oh, this is never going to work. He can be so easily mind-controlled, and then he realizes, like, he hasn't shot him yet, hasn't shot himself yet. You know, it's Deadpool. <laughs> so he has no compunction about shooting himself in the head. Ultimately, we wind up finding out that Dracula wants to contract Deadpool to bring his bride to him so that he can make unity between certain clans of the vampires and the living world, I guess. And, and the, the vampires and monsters or something. Yeah, like of some sort. And so uh, he's sent to Egypt, where he's going to be uh, claiming this bride, who's evidently not seen the sun in forever. And like Deadpool's basically like, oh, this is going to be a mistake. <laughs> he hasn't seen her in forever, and she hasn't seen the sun in forever. Um, <laughs> but whatever, internet dating, sure. Anyhow, so he comes, uh, he winds up finding the uh, the sarcophagus, I guess, that this lady's in, and finding a bunch of teleport zone or teleport vampires. In the end, they wind up uh, actually blowing up the little temple that she's in, and he escapes with the coffin, and he makes this whole joke at the end of it as it kind of comes out of the side of the of the temple that it was in that, oh, well, the coffin's not in mint condition anymore, but I'm sure it's fine. And then we hear it, like, creak behind him. It's kind of the end for the first one as it loads into the next one. But it's a lot of fun, a lot of Deadpool action. Deadpool rides a camel while eating a burrito. <laughs> <laughs> well, the whole montage at the beginning is hilarious. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's James Bond except without swimming women and random tacos. Awesome. That's, that's been fantastic. <laughs> like, if you're not sure about whether you want to check out Deadpool, this is probably the one to go to. I've never read Deadpool before, and granted, I was a little bit confused at the start about when that all that stuff started happening, but after you figure out it's a big joke, you kind of just keep going, and yeah, it's pretty good. Well, is, is Deadpool only mostly comedy? With a, with a side, of, side of murder, maybe? Hmm? I've liked the Zane stuff, but this feels a lot like the previous run for Deadpool, so I'm really happy with it. It's still the same group working on it. I mean, it's the same and Duggan. As far as series is concerned, it's just side to the regular series, which is weird, but I don't know. Yeah, it, it was a cool, cool issue. Craig, you want to book? Oh, I'll give it a uh, 3.5. You like tacos. I like tacos. Awesome. And I like the uh, Bond parody. And, and of course, British vampires can only be killed by umbrellas. That's a good point. Why do you think John Steed always carried around one? Hmm. All the damn vampires. He was playing Avengers. That's true, he was. That's true. Good point. A little bit of a different Avengers, but whatever. (laughs) It's because they're English. Yeah, you know. Ross? I'd give it a three and a half, too. Yeah. Like I said, that was my first Deadpool book I've ever read. But it was really funny and, and a lot of action. And it was good. Cool. Curtis? I'll go three and a half. Um, I like the writing. I do. Yeah. So those those are two good writers. and it seems like a good series. Yeah. 
I I will see you all with uh, three and a half also. Yeah, it, it was it was fun. I mean, I don't know this whole Deadpool series that Sane's been working on is him and Duggan both they've been doing great. And I don't get me wrong, I liked the series before too. And uh, as far as like books are concerned, when it first started up, I was like, why did they even change it? They should just move forward with the same numbers. But I, I get the new number one, whatever. But yeah, it was definitely fun. I'm really glad they made a printed version, just like Rob was saying. Did this interrupt the original series? Or mm-hmm. Okay. It's kind of running absurd to it. Because they put out, like, a preview book that was Deadpool of the Gauntlet. And it had, like, the first, I don't know, maybe the first five pages. It didn't have the whole thing. And then they said, they see the rest of it, go online. And then that was it. And that, nothing. And now here we are, I don't know, six, seven months later. And all of a sudden they're, they're putting it all out, like, week to week to week to week. Mm-hmm. So... Rob's score? Uh, I'll give it a three point five two. I really enjoyed it. Um, it does. It does have a point where it's. It seems like it connects to right after the the good, the bad, and the ugly, in the regular series. But yeah, it's it's not necessarily like. It didn't work so with the other series though. Yeah. The other series continued to run. This just ran parallel next to it. But yeah, where they it started at the very beginning of it, where he's on the plane, that is directly after the good, the bad, yeah, and the ugly storyline. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike. I'll go with a bloody 3.5 as well. Yes, unanimous! <laughs> Total victory! I think that might be the first time that's ever happened, actually. Is it? English. Yeah, that's weird. Well, no, I, I, I heard you. I heard you. <laughs> you speaking? Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> you, you speaking, Mr. Falcon? English, Mr. Falcon. Do you speak it? <laughs> that's right. Oh, I stumbled it out of my mouth. You did better. Good job. English. In, 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 my, in my head, I knew what I wanted to say, but it was so funny that I couldn't say it. God, man. Take two. <sighs> Alright, so let's, God, let's move on to, uh, you want to get to some hell? Want to do some Devilers? Yes. Yeah, Alright. So Devilers from Dynamite, number one. Joshua Hale Filkov and Matt Triano. We open up with a, uh, Mr. Father Malcolm O'Rourke, who's giving a dissertation about kind of, uh, seemingly demonic activity. And we, uh, go from, say, 1596 with Abigail Francis, who was thought to be possessed, but they find out it was just a brain condition. And then we go to 1932 with a gentleman named Herman Shelby, who was kind of a a scam artist, and he staged this whole massive uh, Satanist movement, and he murdered all of them. And then we go to 1973 with the Church of the Holy uh, Diminer, and uh, there was like I believe it was 30 found slaughtered and blood spelling out God is nowhere so and they kind of liken that to maybe a Satanist thing or the Zodiac Killer may have done it himself so they, they aren't sure with that so he's dismissing all this with uh, a guy named Mr. Lee I believe the dude uh, dude is interviewing is yeah. that right? Okay. and uh, Lee actually came to O'Rourke to help him find his way because he's lost the faith. Right. So then we cut up from that, and then we look at the Vatican, and the Vatican is on fire, and everything around it's on fire, and it looks like like the Basilica. It's just demolished. Right. Sunk into a giant hole. Mm-hmm. And on fire. So then we go into Mr. O'Rourke's... Uh, Backstory 
Um, he, he's not the usual um, father that you would talk to. He's He's got this weird backstory where he was hit by a car as a young child, and he looks over and sees the man who hit him with a demon over him, and the demon's sucking something out of this man. The demon looks at uh, O'Rourke, goes over to him, and touches him and says, clean, and O'Rourke has actually had like a broken wrist, broken leg. So uh, when the demon touches him, he's been healed, and all the scars and all the broken bones have been mended, except for this uh, scar that's on his chest It looks like a U. Right. <clears throat> so O'Rourke's in a bar speaking with Mr. Lee, and then this cardinal runs in and says, I need your help. Uh, this is going down. Hell's come to earth. And uh, I'm not so sure if Mr. Lee can see him at this point. I, I'm pretty sure you can see the cardinal. <clears throat> the cardinal's uh, like on fire. The cardinal's like on fire yeah. in, in the bar. Like his robes are burning and smoking. So then we cut to the Vatican, um, and we see this, like, SEAL team going through the Vatican, and they hear this sound, and they hear a lady, and they're like, hey, ma'am, are you okay? And she turns into this demon. Her her body just opens up, and two tendrils, and there's mouths, and she just it's runs crazy. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's good. It's good art. Um, so we go from that, and... Uh, there, there was one thing. Evidently, the demon itself said that he was clean, and it was actually turned into a puff of smoke and, like, burned away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sorry. No, that's fine. Crazy demon lady. Crazy demon lady. So then there's kind of an exposition of them talking over the scene of all these demons that are, have come out of the Vatican. And uh, the cardinal says, you had a, a pawful degree that was delivered to you. You didn't read it. And Aurora's like, I didn't read none of them. I didn't get anything. So uh, the uh, cardinal leads him outside with uh, Mr. Lieb in tow and says, we need your help. Um, and uh, they go into this alley, and they see the cardinal talking to somebody, and Mr. Lee can't see this guy or anything that he's talking to. So then O'Rourke touches Lee, and he can finally see what the cardinal's talking to because he got the vision. And it's a big bear creature with... Uh, like a bear lion. Yeah, and he's got... What are those... Horns? 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 Yeah. What kind of horns? Oh, no. Oh, like goat, goat, goat horns. horns. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and evidently this creature can transport. He's a teleporter. Yeah, he's kind of like Man-Thing. He's like the teleporter of the group. You mean awesome? Yeah. Yeah. So then we go through all this where Lee doesn't believe anything, and um, he goes over to kick the beast, and the beast pushes him away, and he's like, this is real. <laughs> Don't kick the demon. Exactly. And, and then... Uh, uh, or it's like atheists they think they know everything or it's always on their terms right and uh, uh, the cardinal tells him hey touch the bear and it'll take us to the Vatican where we need your help and Lee wasn't touching him he's like oh no and, and they finally touch him and the bear kind of points him into the middle of this chaos and uh, we, we find out that he, regular humans can't see these creatures right now because they don't believe I guess right if that's what I'm getting from it. Well, they kind of make a joke of it later, where, you know, well, the greatest trick the devil ever made was that he made people believe they didn't exist. Mm-hmm. So that belief is keeping people from seeing... The crazy carnage, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the demons, anyway. So the cardinal points into existence, and he says, uh, No, back from which you came. And then we see this, like, devil toad flip off the... the the cardinal and he says go to hell padre 
I think that's kind of funny. Right. Mike kind of thinks that's funny. Yeah, that's good. Um, it's a bad frog. <laughs> so then they talk about not being able to see him. And uh, the Cardinal sends the demon bear away, and the demon brings back another group of uh, spiritual leaders, I guess you could say. I always call them warriors. Spiritual warriors. Yeah. And uh, we find out one of them is Rabbi Brenda Divide. Right. And she can analyze uh, parts, patterns of reality. We have Samir Patel, and he's able to bend the will of others. We have Rob Al-Fayed, who's a demonologist, and Chun Bai, who's able to reshape nature. So we've got all these spiritual warriors in kind of a Justice League. Yeah. So it's a cool group. I'd like to see where it goes. Which is which one was the one of the girls was trained by the Mossad? Um, I don't remember which one it was. But it's it's uh, the one with the long black hair. I don't remember her name. I, is it? I think it's Chun Bai. Yeah. Yeah. So that's I don't know. That's cool. Mossad. Yeah. So um, they're all talking, and uh, they all find out that um, O'Rourke never read the decree. And because uh, he doesn't believe that, and uh, so they start their little uh, crusade, if you will, against the demons of hell, and they're going through the Vatican, and uh, Ulrich picks up this cross, and he says, "Are you going to go in unarmed to Mister Lieb, who still is kind of not believing, but he's getting there quickly?" Right. And there's some talk amongst them, and uh, uh, Chen Bai, I believe says that she's the best trained warrior and just to stay out of her way. Right. And uh, I think the I think it's the father. No. It's one of the says, did we just get told off by a 12-year-old? And she's like, I'm 16. Right. And he just gives her a sneer. So they're on their way into the mouth of hell, and uh, they meet this giant creature with mouths and just everything everywhere. It's crazy. And uh, they asked Mr. Lieb if he still wants to go first. Right. So, well, yeah, because when they first go walking in, he's like, this is all fake. Right. You're, just, you're all playing tricks on me. Like, somehow they orchestrated this huge thing just to make him believe, maybe? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a little weird. But, you know, whatever. Yep. So it's, it's kind of a story about a dude finding his faith, and we get to kill hell monsters. Right. So... Pretty awesome. And you get a teleporting demon bear. Very, true. very enjoyable on my end. I, I really like that. Straj from the scorebook? I'd give it a three. Cool. Yeah. It wasn't exactly my thing, but it was pretty cool. I liked it. Curtis? I'll give it a four. Um, I'm guessing as the book goes on, we'll know more. Right. <laughs> right. It's funny how that works. But true. Uh, yeah, I'm guessing it's going to be a really good series. It's seven-parter, so if you're unsure, pick it up. It'll be good. Yeah, I you know I give it a three and a half. It, it was good. The art's pretty. The art's pretty crazy, mm-hmm. and like the, all the I don't know all the demon stuff, man. It 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 really was pretty. Yeah, they had like uh, one demon that had a hippopotamus head. Yeah, grab body. Yeah, it's so crazy. It was wild. Yeah, very. And like the, I mean, whatever the bear, goat horn, lion guy, awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah I, I give it a four and a half. I give, I give it a three and a half. It was, 
it was, it was good. I think I'm interested to see what the rest of it is because it seems very much like even he's a non-believer, sort of. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see what exactly his whole part of this is. Because seems like he may, managed to make them all be able to see, mm-hmm. and he has some other ability that we didn't go over yet. Yeah, they mentioned this is these are the creatures that attacked you, right? And he's like, no, they didn't attack me; they killed me. Which so, is also weird. Yeah, he's got some part in this. Yeah, more than we know right now. Yeah, they call him the demon head when mm-hmm. they're first describing things, and he's like, "What are you talking about?" And they're like, "Oh, it's what we call your position." Mm-hmm. And you'll find out eventually. Yeah, also weird. Rob score. I'm probably do three five two. I I was really looking forward to Devler. Um, I think it paid off real well. I I like where they're going with the story so far. So we shall see. Mr. Mike, I'll give it a three and a half. Demon bear. True. Yeah, all the, all the craziness. Right. It looks looks uh, it's cool. I like where the story's going. Okay. Probably three point five. Yeah. Seems like a strong start. Unlike some people, I don't care for number ones. I don't like to see where the story is going for a bit. This was number one, but still, it's good stuff. You gotta start somewhere. Yeah, that's right. I've been told that. I've been told that. Hmm. All right, um, let's move on to. Want to do black market, or you want to do? Let's this do death of visual. Let's see this bad boy here. It's death of visual. It's from Image Comics. And I, man, what's the, Stephen's, I don't know how to say it, Sedgwick? Yeah. Stephen Sedgwick? Yeah, we'll go with that. And this, I originally saw pages for this on his uh, DeviantArt account. Uh, I think it's one of the other guys in the store, Leland, that came by one day and we were talking about, about Sedgwick. And uh, he showed me pages of this prior to ever being turned into like a full-on book. And I was kind of hooked then, just because the characters look so awesome. Mm-hmm. They really do look great. Um, but yeah, the book is Death of Vigil. And basically the way it, it opens up is we've got this guy bleeding out on the ground. And he's dressed as a police officer. And we're hearing like his inner thoughts. And what it turns out is that he's... It's Halloween. And he's dressed up as a police officer on Halloween. And these two girls are getting mugged. And so he thought, well, in the dark, you know, it'd be fairly easy to scare off the mugger. Uh, although the mugger had a real gun and he only had a fake gun. Mm-hmm. And uh, that got him shot. And both the girls are freaking out. Apparently the mugger took off. Uh, but in the process, he's like, well, I guess there's worse ways to die. And, uh, yeah, he dies. And the next thing you know, he opens, after you see his hand touch him, he opens his eyes and he's face to face with this. Man, I hate calling her Lady Death, but that's basically what she is. I mean, grim not. Grim, like a grim Reaper, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's. Yeah, a female reaper, and like with a giant, giant sickle and everything. And Don't and dead she, like me crossover. Okay, well, kind <laughs> of, but not really. Anyway, he he asks her who she is, and she's like, "Well, who do you think I am? I'm Santa Claus," which is freaking hilarious to me. I think it's super so funny. Funny too. Right? So funny. Uh, so yeah, she basically tells him he had a noble death, and she's recruiting him to be part of this, the vigil, and then we jump forward several years. Twelve, to be exact. Twelve, to be exact. And we are face-to-face with this... Uh, he kind of reminds me of... What's the kid from uh, DC that has the cat? The Clarion? Yeah, it reminds me of Clarion. The witch boy. Except uh, no powers. powers. Except no powers. Just an emo kid doing a... Trying to do himself a ritual in a graveyard with his buddies. 
and uh, they're basically reading over these incantations and chanting, and then all of a sudden off to the side we hear a guy, we hear a man laughing at them and making fun of them. And of course that pisses off the clearing the witch boy, boy. And then up jumps our guy, and this is him, but years later with a full-on beard, and he's got this crazy shovel and like pickaxe is, is what he's carrying. Mm-hmm. They're both glowing white weapons, and he's basically making fun of them. And of course that pisses the boy off, and ultimately he reveals that he, he's he is the digger, and he, in the process of mocking the kids winds up driving away mostly because they weren't willing to face him or do anything do anything else and it turns out that while while he's there he was basically there to take care of uh, something else that was happening in the same area after the kids decide to leave well our death character what's her name the, the girl she calls her Bernie Bernie which is also weird but uh Bernie probably short for Bernadette Ber- probably okay I'll give you I'll give you that she shows up and she she basically informs him that a couple of the other members of their group have died and uh, in the process, she, she winds up telling him that one of the other ones gave her a birthday, apparently, because she was a uh, foster child. She's been alive for thousands of years. Thousands of years, yeah. So the one that the one that gave her the birthday was a foster child. Right. Yeah, the foster child is the one that gave her a birthday, and so apparently her birthday is today, I guess, because of that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it, it's pretty funny. It's very. It's pretty cute, and it's like the two of them are kind of. They kind of have a, they have a different. I don't know if they have a different connection than all the rest of her vigils or not, but it seems like their connection is very. It's really pretty cool. Like for what it, whatever reason, they're both very comfortable with, uh, with each other. Anyway, and art's fantastic. Like the entire the entire thing. Anyway, she they're basically talking about how it's getting worse and worse. The things are battling, and we went coming from that to a man and a woman in a restaurant, and. Uh, the both of them are talking about. I, I guess the first time told each other they love it, they love each other, and uh, or she gonna, hasn't said it to him yet. She, or she, yeah, she hasn't said it, but he has. Uh, it's Claire, right? Yeah, Clara. Clara, and so she's like, "Well, yeah, I guess I do." And he's like, "Sweet, awesome," and she asks him if she's gonna give him the, give him the flowers he has behind her, or behind him. And he's like, "Well, those are actually for my dad. I was gonna go visit his grave tonight." And she's like, "Well, do you want me to come with you?" And he's like, "Well, you know, it'd be cool if you did." It all seems very kind of mundane, you know, sort of normal, whatever. And he he's kind of a hipster-looking guy. He's got his hipster glasses and his hipster chops. If uh, yeah, that's yeah, he's hipster-looking. Anyway, and she I mean she looks fairly normal, whatever. So the two of them pay, decide that they're going to leave and go visit the, the, the father's grave. And so he pays the bill, whatever. And the two of them go to the to go to the graveyard. As they're going in, like, he pauses for a second, and she asks him what's bothering him, and he's like, well, the only time I really think this is real is whenever I'm here. Any other time I can pretend like Dad's just gone, like he's out doing something else, he's not actually dead. And so you're kind of like, wow, this must have really hurt him, like his father's death, he took very hard or whatever. So anyway, they go in, and about this time we see the Clary and the Witch Boy and his little posse of, I don't know, emo types leave the graveyard. So they were all in the same place. Anyway, he gets over to the, to the to the they find the father's tombstone and he puts down the flowers and the two of them are talking and they kind of have I don't know it's not really like a they kind of have a little bit of a moment there where he's telling her how he's really sorry about certain things and anyway then we realize there's this crazy mark on the ground like uh, drawn two circles yeah two giant two giant circles with little off running other circles and 
what looks like symbols around the outside edges. And uh, she draws attention to it, and he acts like it's supposed to be there. And he starts kind of apologizing to her. And he, he mentioned that he did that. He did right, those right. We asked, she asked him who, how it got there, if right. he knew it was there. He told him she, he's the one that made it there. And then he stabs her. And tells her that he they had to go this way, that he was never supposed to fall in love with her, and he was never supposed to care about her, and uh, that he needed her power in order to make this happen. And he basically kills her, and then tells, as she's dying, he starts yelling at her to tell her to release his, her rage, and she, she, you see confusion in her face, and confusion turns to rage. And when that happens, all of a sudden the ground erupts in this crazy, like, a hell lightning, and the marks on the ground start glowing crazy. And you basically see what looks like, a, I don't know, like a demon portal open up. About that time, we cut back to the shovel, or the, the digger, and he sees it happen off off screen, sort of. And he's like, well, here's what I was here for this whole time. And uh, he's talking about, he he, 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 he he calls the guy a necromancer. And I don't, I guess, necromancer's not what I would call him, maybe, but I guess that's what he's supposed to be. Anyway... So he uh, basically shows up over there and he sees the lightning, he sees the dead girl on the ground, and he realizes that he's killed this girl in order to open this portal, and it pisses him off to no end. Like, not just because the guy is a necromancer or trying to summon him to battle a demons or to try to kill him, but because he used the, the girl to do it. Mm-hmm. And he's, you see he's super pissed. Anyways, the two of them basically battle, and uh, the necromancer brings this crazy demon thing, which, from devilers to this, they're both... They're crazy, man. Like, crazy tentacle, mouths, weird whispering. Crazy. Awesome, but crazy. And you see him using the shovel and the axe, and the, he basically kicks the crap out of the first one. And the, the he, he basically says, is that all you got? Well, now you're going to see my guys. And you see him rip a hole, and this whole time, like, we've been seeing this red lightning kind of power with the demon and whatnot. And he stabs in the ground, and he pulls open... Or he starts pulling this chain out of the ground, basically, with his um, pickaxe. And that pulls a Norris Viking Viking ship. Long ship. Right. Awesome. And he's got these crazy Viking guys on it. Like, and they're all, he's like skull and bone rotted flesh type. But, uh, yeah, he basically pulls them up. He's like, all right, boys, get to it. And they all jump off the ship. And they start battling the little other demon things. And the entire time, none of the Vikings even think there's anything of it. And even he doesn't think this guy's very powerful at all. And basically he's taunting him the entire time. The, he has the line in there of a uh, the bloodbath, and the Vikings alive in the bloodbath, and not even enough to wash my armpit. <laughs> right? As the Viking head goes flying by him. Right. Yeah, it, it's really pretty awesome. Just in general. Anyway, we get to, uh, we get a little farther into the battle, and we see that the uh, necromancer is summoned this giant Cthulhu skull head looking thing and about this time um, the digger realizes that maybe this isn't the best place for him and them to be and this thing is a lot stronger than what he was expecting so he basically tells them all to take cover and of course the, the Vikings are like cover us for sissies and then it lets out this shriek and uh, it kind of melts a few of the Viking guys if not all of them and the, during the time, he, I mean, he hid behind a gravestone. So it, it didn't get him. And this is when the whispering stuff gets really crazy. And it basically is hunting him. And uh, 
the necromancer pretty much tells it to take him out. And uh, in the process, I mean, he tries to fight it, but you see it's too strong for him. He realizes he needs to call for help. He needs to call Bernadette for help. And he says, it's funny how I was kind of one of my back ready to die. Mm -hmm. And you see the, what do they call it? It's a, it's a banshee. banshee. And you see basically Banshee's got him pinned against the, gra against the gravestone, almost the same way he was in the alley when he died. And then uh, from there, all of a sudden, Bernie shows up. And uh, this whole time, the Necromancer guy is like, huh, you're, gonna, you're, you're so dead, I completely ruled you. And he's like, well, why don't you look behind you? And then there's Bernie with this... Raven. Raven on her shoulder? A white raven. And the raven talks, and she sends the raven to take out the Banshee... And Raven's like, awesome, I get to eat things. <laughs> and then the next thing you see is the Raven turn into this giant freaking dinosaur, almost. Dinosaur dragon bird. Dinosaur dragon bird, and he's basically just ripping the crap out of the Banshee. And our Necromancer's like, Raven? Oh. Like he had no idea who the Raven was or what the Raven was. Anyway, in about that time, um, our guy now has the Necromancer at the end of his, end of his shovel, shovel, which is awesome. And uh, he's basically just talking crap to him. He tells him, well, I'm going to sell you off and take your power so you won't be doing any of this again. He goes, you know what I really hate is how everyone's always afraid of the raven, but they're never afraid of the digger. <laughs> you think they'd be afraid of the digger, mm -hmm. which is really pretty funny. Um, anyway, so basically he winds up, and I guess earlier whenever he first started to fight him, he, the necromancer tore his shirt off and you saw the crazy circle emblems that were on the ground when he killed the girl, but tattooed on his chest with like a glowing orb in the middle. Anyway, so he stabs him with the shovel, and that pretty well removes the tattoo or the mark and the, the, the jewel thing. And he tells him, well, I sold you off from your power. I've taken your power. So you're pretty much nothing anymore. And, of course, that leaves the dude super pissed, and he can hardly believe it. And he kind of goes into shock. And we have a little more uh, going on between Bernie and the Raven and Digger... And they're all talking about how the portal's still open, and they realize, well, it's the girl keeping the portal open, the girl he killed, Claire. And she's like, well, the only way we can close the portal is to completely erase her. It'll, the portal will wipe her out anyway, or I can offer to join the vigil. And at this point, basically, it seems to me that whatever this battle is, they're losing members, because the couple they're talking about before were other vigil like them that had been killed by this group, apparently. Anyway, so she uh, basically decides, well, I'm going to give her the choice to whether she wants to join or not. And you see her touch her, Claire, and her hair turns white, and almost the same thing happened to uh, the shoveler in the alley when he first died. The same thing happens to Claire. And of course, when she wakes up, she looks up and she doesn't see... She doesn't actually see Bernie's face. She sees the outline of the Grim Reaper and a giant statue behind her that's a skull and bones, like crazy murder death angel thing. And she freaks the hell out. And basically starts trying to run. And as she's running, you see her dead body there. And she winds up falling through tombstones because she's a ghost. And uh, they basically explain the whole idea of her... Either she has two options. She can go on as a vigil and become one of them. And she'll be solid again. But undead, basically. Or she can just die and they'll fill off the hole and she'll be erased. And there'll be nothing left. Which she she makes she says she looks she, after she quits freaking out a little bit, she's like I can't throw up can I? And Bernie tells her no, and she's like I never thought I missed throwing up. Which is awesome. And then uh, 
she looks over and she sees the boyfriend, the guy who stabbed her, and she basically goes over and she starts trying to kick the crap out of him. And the whole time he just kind of looks like he looks like a lost soul at this point. And she can't touch him, of course, because she's still a ghost. And uh, Digger makes it. She says, "Well, you know what? If, if we turn you into a sigil, at least you'll be able to, you know, kick him in the nuts properly." Which is freaking hilarious too. Anyway, she's like, "Well, I basically you basically had me at. I don't. I'm not completely dead." And so she elects to join them. And uh, it, right before that, we see a giant Cthulhu monster come out of the ground. And uh, Claire, of course, freaks out more. And she's like, what is that? She, and Bernie looks at her and she says, close your eyes. I don't want you to see me like this. And we see one panel where Claire's, where Bernie's face is, like, cracking. So whatever she really looks like is entirely different than what she looks like when she's with them. And uh, she kills the Cthulhu thing. And at that point, Claire decides afterwards that she'll she's going to join them because she doesn't want to be dead. And from there, we see this off-camera fellow outlining a guy who is watching this happen, and he does a crazy cut in the air and then walks through a portal and appears inside a room with all this crazy cryptic old stone tablet writing and a lady in the middle of all of it making notes on it, crazy style, like crazy conspiracy style. And she's like, and he basically tells her that the other guy failed, and she's like, great, he was a retard anyway. And then we see this other, like she says something about, we only need two more, and we see this other view from looking down where we see all these other weapons, a lot like the digger's weapons, but you've got like a gun, um, a knife, a cane, a sword, an axe, an ambulance, so all these different weapons that must have been other vigils' weapons. And while Bernie was explaining to Claire that they don't act, they're not actually Grim Reapers, they don't take souls, they try to protect the living. So whatever they do is to fight these demons, and these demons are what are trying to take people to hell or whatever. So whether this group is completely evil or not, that's got the weapons, it's hard to say. Like It's hard to say like what side, who is what, and how they fit together. But story-wise, it's really freaking interesting. And, like, I don't know, it, the art is great. The story, is, it's fun. I mean, the way they all interact. Because the whole time that that, she, that Claire's trying to absorb this being dead thing, Vigor's basically making jokes. And she gets super pissed at him. And he's like, oh, you know, after being doing this for 12 years, you kind of start to run, rolling with the punches. And he, like, tells her, he basically tells her he's sorry for making fun of her being dead and scared. Which, I don't know, this his whole character is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I don't know. I I liked it. It was, it was good stuff. Curious for scorebook. Um, I'll give it a four and a half probably. Um, there's a point in there where the reason this guy opened this portal was to get back at death for taking his right dad. Yeah, dang, blamed over that. And I love the Norris part um, because Hugan is one of uh, Odin's ravens. Right. So Hugan and Mugen. So I love that whole connection there. And of course. It's good versus evil and, and demons and stuff like that. So four, four and a half. Cool. Yeah, I I give it four and a half also. It it's it was really pretty fun for being like a kind of black death demon kind of book. All the characters interact with each other. It's kind of fun, and it, like I don't know, and then a serious kind of things happening. But it's very, I don't know, the guy kind of, he just, the digger just rolls with the punches. It's really pretty, I don't know, I guess I just like the character a lot. 
And I, Claire seems like she's going to be pretty cool. He's just, like, downtrodden psychic, maybe. I don't know. It, it seems really fun. And, like, the the couple things with the with the Norse mythology and whatnot, like, all the different pieces that seem to fit together. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it, I definitely like the first issue. Bob? I'd give it a four. Um, I totally missed that with the the crow being, you know, connected to, to Odin. That's mm-hmm. actually really cool. But, yeah. Uh, I was really happy with it, and I, I liked seeing all the different ideas for the weapons at the end of the book. Because there's at least one of them that's like a cane right. and a pair of glasses. Yep, and a ring. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So I'm interested to see what the rest of the Death Vigil is about. Uh, there was another thing where some of these necromancers seem to have symbols of power on their body. Um, the guy who got locked away in the cemetery had one, and the lady that we saw cataloging later has one on her arm as well. Right, yeah, the mark that was on the ground that he drew, and then that's the one that was removed by the digger when he sold off his powers. Yeah, well, he has one. On, he had one on his body too, because she talks about yeah, the it's tattoo. His, it's the same mark. But um, if I'm right, this is all Stefan Sijic. Is yeah. this his first book? Do you know? I, I don't know. As his own book, written. Yeah. I, I would say yes. Because I mean, he's done Witchblade for a long time, of course, but yeah, art, yeah. He was doing two books a month there for a minute. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. He was doing Aphrodite 9 Yeah, which played both. Mm-hmm. Aphrodite was doing Aphrodite. But yeah, he's, he's a heck of an artist, and this book is, is a lot funner than I thought. And I know, I know we looked at it, and we were like, oh, that's a lot of books. It's a big book. Yeah. But, like, it, it turns out really, really well, and it has a lot of great stuff in it, so it doesn't really feel like a, a long read. So it's fun. Mike? Well, I'll be honest, I didn't get all the way through it. Behind, I'm out of the loop a little bit, but what I did read was bloody brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it a four and a half, too. Um, the art is amazing. The story, I love the story where it's going. Right. Um, and the coloring in it. I mean, about the mood of the book. Oh, right. Like, it's really pretty vibrant as far yeah. as, like, just and colors it's, in it's, general. It's just different than anything I've ever read or looked at. I mean, really, it's, it's, it's awesome. And I, I, yeah, I'd be interested in it. Craig? It'll give it a solid four. Like, uh, it's got good art. It makes me think a lot of Dead Like Me. The the characters' uh, right. offbeat interactions with each other, you know. You don't really take it seriously. Mixed with Cthulhu and, you know, uh, the dark, uh, dark mythology and all that. Right. Uh, and then a little bit of Justice League, maybe, I guess. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, but you see that. With them having superpowers and super weapons, <laughs> yeah, and I'm really interested to see what her ability is going to be. So, right, Ross, I'd give it a four and a half too. I really liked all the characters and the story, and the crazy raven turns into a dinosaur and eats things. Right, it's <laughs> right up your alley. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it, was, uh, it actually reminded. It's funny, he says that it reminded me a lot of the Soul Eater anime a little bit. And I've got, I've got to mention, because he's got the shovel. I've been playing a, a Shovel Knight game, and it's right. funny how that comes out, too, when he's weapons a shovel. Right. Well, yeah, he's got the, the pickaxe and the shovel, but he uses the shovel more. The only time I really used the pickaxe was to open the ground and pull out the crazy Viking boat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But other than that, he used the shovel the rest of the time, so... That's awesome. Yeah. The unconventional weapons. Did you just imagine that as a movie? Awesome It'd be freaking movie. awesome, yeah. Just the first issue alone, the, I mean... Man, yeah, it would be, it'd be pretty freaking awesome. Who would awesome. Do the movie? Gilmore Del Toro? Yeah, I mm. that. Well, you think about one. the way the, the Cthulhu monsters look? Peter yeah. Jackson. Sure. Peter Jackson, yeah, mm-hmm. you could see it. 
If he can get Shyamalan to not be such an idiot, he can do it. Mm, that's not going to happen. <laughs> it's a twist. Midnight Shyamalan? I know. <laughs> Shyamalan, ding dong. He's, he's been shown that he can do some pretty, some pretty good supernatural stuff, but yeah, but he. This is, this is at a different level. Yeah, yeah I think so. Doing. I don't think he can pull it off. Yeah, I think I think he's too full of himself now. Michael so. Bay. I don't know. He's not up explosive. He's the guy that does X Men. Forgot his name. Zach. Oh, oh uh, no. Singer. Yeah, Brand Singer. Yeah, I can see that too. Sure. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's made for a movie. I think. It, the way it's set up so far, yeah. I mean, it gets to it pretty quick mm-hmm. with the time jump, but the time jump's only to explain where our guy came from, and to show that he, even though in life he, whatever his regular job was, maybe he was a chucklehead, but. At the same time, like he, he would do the right thing if he had, if he, if he had an option to. And we do have backing of both main characters. Cause right. When they're talking, they have that exposition of where she came from and how long she's been alive. Right. Yeah. How many years she's so been. So it fills in nicely as we read. Right. Yeah, it's true. It kind of builds it with backing for him. That was mm-hmm. pretty cool. Yeah, I do like how like their whole connection is pretty. I don't know. Their whole connection is pretty awesome. Yeah, I, I like it. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what Claire winds up being and how she winds up fitting because for whatever reason the boyfriend had picked her because she had power already. So I kinda wonder like how big a connection she was actually gonna how big a connection she's actually gonna have to him and how strong she'll really be. Just because she had no idea she had powers and the reason the guy used her wasn't just because she was a random girl. It was because she also had abilities. She just didn't know she did. So Well everybody knows that the latest member is always the most powerful. Uh, in, except for in Jubilee's case. Oh. <laughs> it makes me wonder what powers he might have. Right, yeah, what else he can do. Cause At least I'm kind of assuming that he probably came from a similar situation. Maybe. Not, not exactly the same, but he probably had some time to him to the... Yeah, it's hard to say, like, why she picked, because obviously you don't always get chosen to become one. Mm-hmm. So what exactly that is or what m- makes you qualified, uh, I don't know, I imagine we'll probably find out more as we read. Huh? <laughs> Man. That's true. That's true. I, I have to assume that the Viking boat is not the only trick he's got up the No, it, you wouldn't think so. No, and, the, and the, when that monster took out all the Vikings, right. Gunnar was one of them. And he says, give me a week or two and I'll be back to normal. Right. Yeah. So we'll, we will see more of the Viking boat, I hope. Yeah, <laughs> well, I, <laughs> yeah with him slowly melting into the ground. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, a couple weeks we'll be back to normal. <laughs> yeah, that, that, I would have to assume we'll see more of them with, with that just that mention of it. Oh, you know what else it makes me think of? Huh. The Frighteners. Okay. Oh, yeah, you know, I can see that, yeah. Which is also Peter Jackson. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, you know, that's true. Because it's kind of funny, but at the same time, they're like, yeah, I could see that. Like, especially his, especially him working with the, the Vikings, the way he talks to them. Yeah, right. It, very much like Michael J. Fox and the, <laughs> and the two the two ghosts. His name is, I don't remember. All right. Anyway, uh, good book. I, it's an eight part, so I'm, I'm pretty, I'm really interested to see more of it. Anyway, uh, so let's move on to Black Market. Black Market number one by Frank J. Barberi Barberi Mm -hmm. and Victor Santos from Boom Studios. So we open up with a, uh, a, uh, like a building on fire, and there's a kind of a uh, human torch character. Right. And he goes in to save them, and uh, they talk about uh, courage and how strong they are, and uh, we go into how... 
um, the real heroes at that point were like firefighters and, and police and stuff like that. And then eventually we get um, villains. And then down the line, superheroes start coming in and taking over the job of the hero status. Right. And uh, we see the the Human Torch guy. I think I can't remember his name. Burnout. Yes. Something like that. I think it's. I'm pretty. I think it was Burnout. I don't think they say it till later in the book. But yeah. So anyway, we see him and he's in this fire and we see this firefighter behind him and we see uh, we see the Human Torch guy kind of faint. And his flame goes out. And the firefighter... Oh, Hotspot. Hotspot. his name. Okay. And uh, the firefighter... from Gen 13. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. The firefighter gets on the radio and says, Hotspot is down. And there's another guy outside um, who says, I copy that, and Bruiser's in position. And they have a ambulance outside. And uh, we see the firefighter with Hotspot, who's been passed out and no longer on fire, coming down on a, a lift from outside the building. Go ahead. Well, the first, the first character, the person he carries out of the building, I'm pretty sure is the guy that the fireman calls on the walkie-talkie. I'm pretty sure it's the same dude. It's, yeah, it's, we find out it's his brother. It's Dan. Well, yeah, the first, the first, uh, the first, because after he carries him out of the fire, he says, my son, my kid's in there. you got to go back in and get, get my kid. And that's when he encounters the fireman inside. Okay. So they load him up into uh, the ambulance, and this happens October second, two thousand thirteen. And uh, and the firefighter takes off his helmet. We see his face, and he says, "I'm no hero." At that point, and uh, we see the same guy. I believe his name is Raymond. Yeah, I'm not certain. But we jump forward to, or jump back to June fourteenth, two thousand thirteen. So this is prior. And uh, he talks about, he's in the surgical scrubs, and he talks about, uh, he's known his way around a body, and we see all of his tools, and uh, we see him come out, and somebody yells out, Raymond, and he goes out, and it looks like they're in a... Mortuary? Mortuary? Yeah, I think so. I was going to say a death parlor, because I couldn't remember mortuary. (laughs) I I like death parlor better. (laughs) But uh, Raymond walks out, and he's got his boss there, and he says, I respect the dead. And... uh, if the boss has given him some crap, I guess, about him owing time, and says, "I want to be, I want you to be here at 4 a.m. tomorrow." All right. And he didn't want to pay him any overtime, but he wanted to make up time that he thought he missed. And mm-hmm. the guy looks to me an awful lot like, uh, looks like a mobster, <laughs> kind yeah. of. He's got the little chain mm-hmm. and the tracksuit, kind of. Yeah. So we see uh, our guy Raymond walking down the road, and then he goes to a he cut to inside a pharmacy where he's trying to get money for a prescription and he walks out of the pharmacy and he misses his bus so he starts running toward his bus and then we see him I guess uh, on the bus and there's a headline in the newspaper that says the new gods and this is where we have the exposition of the bad guys coming in and then uh, years later the heroes show up and take the hero away from the everyday ordinary people it's interesting to me that in the story, the villains are who comes first. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, in, you know, superhero stories, you get the superhero and they make the supervillain. Right. And it's always the superhero's fault. Yeah. Right. That the villains showed up. But we see uh, him show up with uh, the bag in his hand in his apartment complex. And his wife is there preparing some food, and we find out that his, uh, his wife is actually suffering from MS, and he's had to 
go to the uh, pharmacy to get shots for her. And he's got to keep it on time, otherwise it could go worse and worse. And uh, sh they're having this little spat about him always spending time with dead bodies and not enough time at home. And he says, well, I'm not going to end here because i got to go hit the head or hit the sack because i got to be up at four tomorrow. Right. So then the door rings, and uh, we see Raymond's brother, Den, who's the guy that he was talking to on the walkie-talkie in the beginning of the story. Right, he was the, the, the driver of the ambulance. Mm -hmm. So then Raymond hauls off and punches Den in the face. And we see, we flash back to our first scene, and we see them in the back of the ambulance with uh, Hotspot. Right. And they get pulled over by the cops, and the cops like, you got an unregistered vehicle, and he's like, oh, makes up an excuse, and the cop has him step outside while Raymond and uh, Bruiser are in the back of the cab with Hotspot. So uh, the cop uh, throws him against the thing and gets his keys, and um, they go to open the back door, and they see Bruiser, Raymond, and Hotspot, and Hotspot's laying on the gurney. And Dem, uh, Dem says, damn it, and he, he elbows the officer in the face. Bruiser clobbers the other officer. Um, Raymond's doing his thing in the back of the wagon. So they they dispatch the police, and uh, they get back into the, uh, the ambulance, and uh, Hotspot starts waking up. And we flash back to the scene in the apartment, and Den's got ice on his face. And they start talking about um, what they what they what Den's been in prison, obviously. And they start talking about going getting money somehow and doing it the legit way. And uh, Den mentions the word atonement and uh, kind of making up for what he's done in the past. Right. So then we flash forward back to Hotspot, who's fully awakened in the back of the ambulance. And uh, Den's in the front. He doesn't know what's going on, but Hotspot's awake. And uh, he's Hotspot's pissed off, of course, because he's been subdued. And uh, he's raising a ruckus back there, and we see uh, Raymond pump him full of something in a syringe, and Hotspot goes down. But in the meantime we see Raymond has burned his arm on Hotspot. And then we flash back to them at a big, I don't know, corporate building right. with the ambulance out in front, and they're talking about him being properly sedated, uh, Hotspot, that is, and uh, what they're going to do. And, uh, and they've had this corporation set up this place for him, and it's going to be legit, and they talk about uh, harvesting their DNA, superhero DNA, and it's going to help um, with AIDS, with cancer. And they've got the answer, they're just not sharing it. Right. So they're going to make them share it. And we cut to the scene where they have Hotspot totally tied up, and they have a bunch of IVs streaming blood from them, and we see Bruiser with a big saw in the back and they say hey if they're not going to give us their blood we're going to take it and then Raymond finally says I kill superheroes right so it's kind of a uh, it is a black market yeah <laughs> it's de definitely darker than I thought it was going to be mm -hmm. and yeah like black market being because they're, they're taking the blood and possibly organs of superheroes right 
And for whatever reason, the two time frames were jumping between from the time dealing with the wife of the MS and him and his brother not liking each other to when they've all pulled the heist. Mm-hmm. And there's about <clears throat> seven months between there. Yeah. So. And somewhere between the two spots, like, apparently this harvesting has become a legal thing, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it... it it's cra- it's crazy. And then got all that idea, got the idea from being in prison and being set up with Biochem and right. all that. So I don't think it's legal. I think it's it's probably like a gray area. Well, they say that he says something about working. I need you to come work with his DNA, and it'll be all, it's all legal now. So I, I yeah, like you said, I don't know how much. I I also think that he he had mentioned before the end of it how oh yeah nobody's going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. And then I think it's once it's being done that he knows the reality that I kill superheroes. Not, yeah. you know, oh, nobody's going to hurt, you know. Mm-hmm. I think the brother was manipulating him into being a part of it because he knew that he had the skills that and, they needed. And we see that Raymond's kind of a small, scrawny guy and Dan's a big... Greaser. Yeah. Yeah. So I think he's manipulating Raymond into it. Right. And eventually it turned into, yeah, we're killing him. Right. Well, yeah, because after Raymond leaves... Um, the brother looks at Bruiser and tells him, take it all. Mm-hmm. That's where the book basically ends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. It's a wild ride. Yeah. Um, Score-wise, you know, I, I give it two and a half. I mean, the art's not generally what I like, but the story's pretty, I don't know, it's pretty interesting. And, like, the whole, I don't know, I can maybe give it three. Because it, it, it really is a pretty interesting story, and, like, it's, it's pretty dark. Mm-hmm. You know, like, the whole dealing with the wife with MS and... The brother of him basically being thugs. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, the whole time like all these voiceovers we've been hearing have been from Raymond, so it's it's I don't know it's interesting. I I'm it's for being like a four part I'm pretty interested to see the rest of it. I was gonna say that's the interesting part to me is at the start of the book, I I kind of assumed it was the hot slot guy that you're reading his thoughts for, and then you find out it's the other guy. Right. Uh, Rob score. Yeah, I'd go three as well. I. I honestly didn't think a whole lot of the book when I first saw it, and I'm really glad I read it now because it was it was a much better read than I thought it was going to be. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it as well. Like, it'd be nice if it had a little cleaner artist, but a heck of a story, so <laughs> that'd be really neat. So, Mike, I'll give it a three. It's a very unique premise, and like you, the art isn't quite my thing, but uh, a really cool story and. You'd said earlier, very Tarantino-ish. Right. Yeah. It does. That feel to it, so I don't like that. Uh, be interesting to see where it goes. It's a pretty cool story. Okay, it's great. Oh, I'll give it a three. It was like everybody else has said. Uh, not wild about the art, but it's serviceable. It does the job. I'll uh, give it higher marks for this story. Okay. Mr. Ross? I'm going to go to two and a half. Uh, the story was cool, but the art, like we've talked about before, and the, it was really confusing with the time jumps because sometimes they had it labeled really well, and sometimes they didn't have it labeled mm. at all. Mm. At all, yeah. Mm. See, I didn't have a whole lot of trouble with the time jumps, but I, I got a different read from from the middle of it because I, I heard the the villains first, the hero second, but then I thought like there was this whole point where like the heroes like overstepped. It could have sounded like that. Mm. I could see that. 
And so it was, they took, know, they they swooped out all the the villainy. Yeah, and then it was just we were left with them, and like, what do you do now? And now they're not sharing anything, so we're going to take it from them. Yeah, well, I was wondering why it was just superheroes instead of you know the blood of supervillains or super you know no, people they, or whatever. Yeah, they took out all the villainy. So super the villains aren't a factor, except for our villains. Right. <laughs> super they, villains they created themselves as villains. Right. Supervillains are crazy, and crazy comes across in the blood. That's right. Mm-hmm. You get crazy blood. Yeah. I don't want to be cured with no crazy blood. <laughs> not going to uh, get me on no plane. Okay. <laughs> Has a warm mouth and could sleep. <laughs> no, I don't trust you. You got crazy blood. That's you placed my milk with your crazy blood, That's didn't you? Very true. Curtis, score? I really like French writing. I, I do. I'll back it. I'll give it a... Three and a half. Well, the art's really usually not my style either. Right. And uh, but it, like Craig said, it's serviceable and it does its purpose. And uh, it actually reading the story, it kind of makes you forget about the art too. The way yeah, I, the way I'll, I I'll, I'll give you that. You yeah. kind of don't get trapped up in the art; you get trapped up in the story. And it, it does its job. I'll give it a three. Yeah. Well, there's just some books you know you read for the story and not for the art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is more like one of them. Right. Cool. Uh, Raj, we're going to move on to the Robin Rise. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ross Rises. <laughs> oh, I thought we were going to go through a, one without a Batman book. There is no comics without Batman. There is no comics without Batman. It's actually the week before Batman Anniversary Week. Sure. Uh, Twenty-five years of Batman. A bat You know, I would say so. Yes. <laughs> we definitely have a crazy, crazy book this week with Robin Rises. Um, a good crazy, a good crazy. Yeah. If you've been listening, we've been doing the past two issues. I want to say of Batman and Robin, and it all kind of leads up right into this book. Um, you start the book, and you have a really good. Uh, backstory of where Robin is and kind of how the old New 52 connects to the New 52 and we look I mean they said Batman was the same I assume some of this didn't happen though Mm. I I didn't think that the crazy Batman going through time was something that was probably going to make it through the it's cool that they that they kind of show us what they kept and what they didn't Mm. and it's nice that it didn't change very much and they made it seamless yeah yeah, it was great, and you saw, you definitely saw, like, the emotional connectivity and the growth of Damien as a character, too. Um, but as soon as the, kind of, the flashbacks are finished, you get right into where Batman and Rachel Ghoul left off, um, where you have Glorious Godfrey, who I think is probably D. Gordon Godfrey. Probably, um, I think so, as well. Leading an army of parademons, and I'm assuming just apocalypse soldiers. I'm not sure what they're supposed to be. That's what they look like. They, they kind of look like Earth 2 Batman. They have that look to them. <laughs> yeah, they do a little bit. <laughs> Facing off against Batman and Raish and Frankenstein and an army of man-bats and ninjas. And a pissed off Titus. Right? Yes. Which is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you find out that Godfrey's there because there is a chaos Shard, yeah, yep. Chaos Shard in their possession, and Batman's of course like, I don't know what you're talking about. 
I've never seen it. Plate Sonic. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what a Chaos Shard is. And he kind of immediately goes over to Rage, and he's like, eh, "I might have put it in Damien's uh, sarcophagus." Yeah, why not? Why not? It was a that was a crazy tie-in to me too, because that goes back to the first three issues of uh, Batman Superman mm-hmm. for this new run, mm-hmm. and it's like stuff that was completely wiped from their minds. Oh, that's right, yeah. And you see it for like a second where Bruce is like, oh, I remember something about other us's that were younger or something. Yeah. Actually, you know, I Whatever. thought I wasn't sure if that was something that we just had never seen before or if that was something that was actually... No, the- yeah, it was actually connected to that very first arc of the Batman-Superman stuff. That's cool. So... to go back and check some of that stuff out. Mm. Um, you've got... Uh, all the all the Batman and Rage and all them and Batman and Rage call a temporary truce to try to stop Apocalypse. Well, if you're gonna fight Apocalypse demons, you might as well fight them as a team. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the fighting ensues. And you almost <laughs> you almost can't forget Frankenstein's there too. So yeah, uh, Frankenstein's awesome. <laughs> that goes without saying. Yeah. yeah. And the nice thing for this was since it is a lot of parademons, you can kill. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's okay, because they're parademons. Parademons equal robots, and robots can die. Yeah. And you certainly do have a lot of killing and fighting throughout this. Um, yeah, a whole a whole lot of it. There's a lot of moments in there that are pretty brutal. Mm-hmm. So. And everything from... Love it. There's one scene where Frankenstein's just, like, lobbing the head off of a parademon and it goes flying by him. You can see it in the... <laughs> There's um, been a lot of head lobbing. Yeah. Uh, though you see the parademons kind of try to take off with the coffins, mm-hmm. and Batman jumps up on top of the coffin and cuts off both the parademons' arms with a battering. Awesome. Yeah. Was it with a battering or with his? It was. With oh, the, it was with Frankenstein's sword. sword. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Frankenstein awesome. throws him the sword. Yeah, that was cool too because he just yells Frankenstein's sword <laughs> on its way. Yep. <laughs> You say it that way, Ross. It sounds like something different. <laughs> I'd be scared to catch a flying sword. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's Batman. Yeah, not Batman. He's Batman. Batman is prepared for this. Mm-hmm. One of the other really cool things I like in this, too, is we haven't really seen Titus do anything. And I kind of just assumed Titus was a dog that just kind of hung out with him. Yeah. But it definitely seems like he's a very protective dog that's probably been trained by Batman. That's what I guess. So he's a ninja. Yeah, ninja Everybody dog. in the family has been trained by Batman. It's <laughs> the bonus of having Batman in your family. Mm-hmm. You, you know how to fight things? Yes. He probably I'm not going to raise a sissy dog. You better learn. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of crazy fighting, a lot of cool scenes with Titus in there. The parademons, once again, try to pick up the coffins and carry them off. And this time, Race kind of at... Uh, grabs Talia's and tries to go with that and Batman goes for Damien again. Um, and as they're flying off, Batman stabs one of the parademons in the eye. Right. It's crazy. Uh, drops him and Raish also manages to get freed up from his. And unfortunately for Raish, he kind of gets dropped down a pit, it looks like. Giant. Yeah. He and Tully both get kind of lost in this. Yeah. Now, I kind of interrupted you, so I probably broke your thought on this earlier. Um, Godfrey wants the Chaos 
um, Emerald Shard. Shard. Um, mainly because like he, it's some kind of a a really powerful amplifier that'll help him face off against Darkseid. So oh, his whole okay. thing was that he wanted to amplify his own power in his war against Darkseid. I thought he was giving yeah, he, he's Dark Side. it for Darkseid. I think. Yeah. yeah, I thought he was yeah. Going against him. No, he's already collected for Darkseid. Oh, my bad. I misread that. They're all good, though. I had no idea what it did. So. But yeah, well, he, he mentioned it hmm. in there somewhere. Well, it's pretty early on. Obviously, I misread <laughs> oh, no. it. Oh, <laughs> Sonic needs it, it must be important. It makes you into a Super Saiyan. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, um, so he wants it. Gotcha. For one reason or another. And then it's, uh, right around here you also get that scene where Batman kind of remembers everything. Kind mm. of. Yeah. Doesn't he mention Damien saves us? Yeah. He says, wait, something else, Damien saves us all. Which is interesting because that, of course, didn't actually happen in the Batman Superman stuff. So I'm wondering if maybe it's like a, we're going to see the future thing. Maybe. Well, Bruce is supposed to travel to the end of time, mm-hmm. and that's when he saw Leviathan, and he's like, I come back and stop Leviathan. Yeah. I don't even remember that scene. So. in the, the crazy in time travel stuff. Batman, the <laughs> return of Bruce Wayne. Yeah. yeah. There was one point we had him as a caveman in a giant bat. I remember that. Actual bat costume. I just don't remember the Leviathan thing. Made a giant bat. That's how they ended it. Anyway, go on, Rob. Um, and then it seems like uh, Godfrey kind of gets Batman at an end pass. He shoots him with, I think, with a crystal. Oh no, he shoots him with a gun. Yeah. And I think doesn't he use the grappling hook? That's later. Oh. Yeah. When Batman gets the upper hand on him. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Curtis means. I mean. Yeah. There we go. I like pants. <laughs> Most people do. But, uh, Don't do a star, my pantalones. Godfrey Hopefully gets him. On. <laughs> And gets him, like, kneeling down before him. Kneel before God, free. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he, earlier, earlier, uh, Godfrey said that either they were going to move or he was going to kill him. Right. And so this time he gets Batman kneeling in front of him and he takes his gun to his head and says, I always keep my promise. And all of a sudden the gun freezes in his hand. Awesome. <laughs> How could that be? And you see that the Justice League is there with Captain Cold and Lex Luthor and Shazam, which is kind of crazy. I mean, we're there in the books now, but we haven't really got to see anything with them yet. Right. So it's a really, really cool, uh, uh, yeah, two-page spread. Yeah. There you go. That's what I'm going for. Um, It's awesome, too, because you get to see a lot of Shazam being, like, a kid, but a superhero. Well, yeah, he's always super excited. Yeah. No what he's doing, he's always super excited. And he's trying to help Batman, and Batman's like, no, no, wait, hang on, and takes off, and he's just, like, punching through parademons, it looks like. It's awesome. And you have one of my favorite scenes ever of Aquaman calling out killer whales out of the ocean. Out of the eating, ice. Right. Eating the parademons. You can leave in pieces. Yeah. Sea World is never going to recover from this one. Yeah, his quote there is, you obviously don't come in peace, but you can but feel free to leave in pieces. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Um, you also have a lot of uh, the other Justice League members like Cyborg and Captain Cold and all them kind of getting in on it too. 
and Curtis made this funny mention of uh, how the, the warrior, like the apocalypse soldiers, there's just happened to be shooting at Wonder Woman's wrist. Yeah, there's two of them shooting at her, and they're shooting right at her wrist. <laughs> That's well, the most yeah. dangerous part of Wonder Woman. Yeah. That's where she keeps her swords. I, I gotta figure the bracelets. They have lock-on things. Yeah, <laughs> okay. no, it they, doesn't matter where you shoot; they will <laughs> they will zero in on a bracelet. Stupid <laughs> apocalypse soldiers! I'm gonna say that they shot and she just moved her wrist. Shoot at her <laughs> wrist! <laughs> and then you have uh, you have Godfrey. He's like, "Well, we're not winning this, so we're gonna get out of here." And right. Calls up the boom tube right by the sarcophagus, and you have Titus run up behind him and bite him. Heck yeah. Yeah, it's cool. And he kicks him off, but it, it looks like he gives him just enough time for Batman to get out his grappling hook. And Batman attaches on to the um, sarcophagus. Yeah, to the sarcophagus. And as he's getting pulled through, Shazam's like, "Oh, don't worry, Batman, I'll save you." <laughs> and he goes and cuts the line to the. <laughs> yeah, so that Batman wouldn't get. Stuck on the, the side of the uh, the boom tube. Now, wasn't there a part where Godfrey manages to get the crystal out of Damien's sarcophagus, and they talk about the body inside having some of the There's more it was, yeah. Yeah. residual yeah, energy, which may not be anything, but uh, I think it probably, probably does. Be something. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. I totally missed that part. Actually, wait, wait. he's not completely dead yet. He's just mostly dead. When Damien gets hurt really bad, he goes into a Kryptonian hibernation. Yeah. You knock it off. <laughs> that oh, it's his birthing chamber. Maybe. In the black suit. That'd be awesome. No. No, no. Most <laughs> not awesome. The ghost oh. of his dead. Oh, wait. That's Batman. Sorry. I've been ghosts of Batman before. Oh, okay. That's An true. alternate Batman ghost will help him fight the <laughs> incarnation of death. Of the bat. series of Ghosts of Batman in the mm-hmm. Heroclix set. <laughs> sure. Go on. I love how, uh, the rebirth of Damien in 4. <laughs> I love how uh, after Shazam does that, you kind of see all the Justice League standing behind Batman. And Shazam puts his, his hand on Batman's shoulder, and he's like, how cool is that? I saved Batman twice today. And Batman immediately turns around and punches him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Like, he punched him, like, two or three times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You could tell he's pretty ticked off. And he's saying that he kind of tells Shazam his plan. Tells probably more like yelling angrily and loudly. It's like a giant statement. Yeah. Well, Batman has these things planned out. You shouldn't interfere with Batman's plans. Mm-hmm. The Bat plan, as it were. It's good. <laughs> and, uh... I mean, obviously he was trying to grab on the sarcophagus so he could follow him through. And, right. Um, was interrupted. Yeah. And Cyborg eventually stops Batman from from punching Shazam more <laughs> right now. Assaulting the magical god? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> well, the cool thing about that was that, you know, Batman's, like, coming back and his hands are all messed up. And mm. Shazam's just like, what? <laughs> mm. So I, I like that about it. Yeah. And... Uh, Batman immediately tells Cyborg, he's like, well, ping, ping him up so we can get go to Apocalypse and get Damien's body back. And uh, Cyborg says, well, at least I would quite figure that out yet. I don't know if we'll end up there or just in the middle of space. So. Well, it's boom tube magic, so, mm-hmm. you, know, you never know. 
and they talk about how Talia's gone and uh, Race is dead. And well, at this point, yeah, the last one we saw Race is when he was falling with the sarcophagus of Talia's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, didn't uh, whatever. He'll be back. <laughs> didn't Frank? Uh, he says Frankenstein's dead too, right there. Well, I was, was pretty sure before too. Doesn't, doesn't Frankenstein show up later, but he's got, like, a missing arm? Yeah, That's they were... going to be the next page. Oh. There was a... I, I missed that scene earlier, but, yeah, there's a crazy scene where Frankenstein gets ripped in half by a parody, even, pretty much. He gets his arm ripped off. Arm ripped in half. half. Man, what's wrong with you? His arm got ripped in half. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's why I call him Stumpy. But... Stumpenstein? He's going to from now on. But, uh... You have kind of Wonder Woman be apologizing and being like, well, you have to have a plan to go to Apocalypse. And Lux Luthor turns around, he's like, hey, you don't need to apologize. And Batman punches him. Punches him in the face, face too. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's Batman's One answer. does not merely stroll into a dark side. <laughs> as, and as Lex Luthor falls to the ground, he has this awesome quote of, Hitting each other is becoming a habit now that we're teammates. <laughs> it's pretty funny. And as you see him as he falls, Frankenstein's under the ice right there. And uh, Cyborg blasts the ice and pulls him through. That's right. They um, kind of have a regroup of. Because Frankenstein's been under the water for a while now. Right. Trying to figure out Race is supposedly dead and Hallie's gone. Um, we find out basically the Justice League doesn't really think that Batman should just go to Mordor Apocalypse. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yeah, pretty much. Yes, yeah, equivalent of it. I think we all know that nothing really stops Batman. No, no. Well, there's even one point where where when Godfrey's talking to Batman about how he's had dealings with him in the past, and it, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, he's something. Uh, what it's talking about uh, bringing power to their leader and he's like oh you mean the leader that we beat up and sent back to <laughs> right that we, we whooped and sent back to, to Apocalypse yeah, yeah. awesome <laughs> the very last page of Batman saying I'm going to Apocalypse and bringing back Robin alive bum 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 right yeah it's pretty pretty, pretty epic yeah mm. page too I mean, we see Batman pissed all the time. Right. He's really pissed now. Well, oh, yeah. well, if you remember, Pat Gleason, the show did say this was going to be huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was right. And this is what? This is Andy Kubrick? Kubrick? Andy Kubrick? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Kubrick? I, I totally missed that. Sorry. No, it's all right. It's uh, written by Tomasi, and Andy Kubrick did the art on the inside. Did the cover. Oh, yeah, you're right. Way beyond the anchor. Yeah. Either way, it was well, really cool. Knows what the deal is. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I think he's doing Batman and Robin thirty three, which is oh, confusing. Yeah. yeah, I think he'll continue doing most of Batman and Robin. So. Yeah, I, it was a neat take to have Andrew do Andy do those. Well, he's he's coming off that whole uh, uh, what is it, Son of Batman? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, he did the very yeah. first of uh, Damian, so it's yeah. cool to have him. Yeah, that's what I, that's what the other thing I was getting at is like all those recap pages were like. His stuff originally, anyways. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the way they did that was really cool. Yeah, it worked really, really well. The recap did. Right. Right. I didn't mind at all. You know, usually when they rehash stuff, it's like takes up half the book, kind of pisses you off. Right. No, the, this, the way they did this was really cool. Okay. Well, Rob, go on the score book. 
I actually really, really liked it. This is going to be a huge part of the stuff. And all jokes aside, I'd, I'd say this is probably one of the more important storylines for DC for this year. So I'd give it like a four and a half. So it is a pretty big storyline. It's a big book too. There's a lot that happens in there. Oh, and you know, important to note the price. Like as big as this thing is, it's four ninety nine, and they did do the pulp paper inside. But like right. easily, this could have been a seven ninety nine, eight ninety nine. Mm-hmm. If it was Deadpool, ten ninety nine or nine ninety nine book, oh, you know, giving them ideas. <laughs> well, they already did them. Yeah, they already did one of so them. So I, I was impressed that they chose to, to keep the cost down. Right. Honestly, hey, Mike scorebook. You know, they four and a half. Titus, 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 <laughs> Titus, Titus. Oh man. You give him a cow on the cape. The Bark Avenger. Titus was the star of the show. Right. So I keep waiting because they said that no matter what, they were going to be Robin in a couple months, whether or not they're Damien or not. And I'm like, man, they make the dog Robin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I didn't think of that being an option. Come along, dog wonder. He, he did kick more ass than I thought he could. Mm. Oh, yeah. a regular dog. Right. Yeah. Well, he's a big dog. It doesn't matter. The dude did an ice gun. Well, That's true, he did. Yeah. Trained by Batman. Awesome. <laughs> Craig score? Oh, three. <laughs> Good job, Craig. Really? It's a big book. It's a big book. A lot of big action. It's cool. I just, I'm not a big thing on these big events. Yeah, all right. I, I, it just, okay. Tell your story. That's fine. That's cool. Craig is not impressed with parademons. <laughs> I've got an army of them. <laughs> right? They die pretty easy in this book. <laughs> but there's a lot of them. Look who they're fighting, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Except the one that was with Suicide Squad way back when. Right. <laughs> that's true. He didn't die easy, but he got, mm-hmm. beat, he got the hell beat out of him. That's time. true, he did. Mm-hmm. Ross, Corbett? I'm going to give it a five. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Yeah, it my, oh it my, God. my favorite book I've read in a long time. I really, really liked it. I'd even be willing to say that was a better Justice League moment than that than we've had in regular Justice League for a while, too. Yeah, like I agree could, with you there. It's like they took all the things that I like and put them in one book. <laughs> Batman Justice punched League, everyone in the face. Robin, <laughs> the fact Titus, that he did hit Shazam in the face. Yeah. Yeah. Right. There is a whole lot of Batman punching everyone. Yes. Awesome. I wonder if that's going to replace the Batman slapping Robin thing that's going around. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't think so. I but hope so. And the killer yeah. whale thing. You can't forget that. Yeah. That's yeah, pretty, awesome. uh, pretty epic, too. Yeah. It's like a blossoming whale death machine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Steve will never Black recover. To be called Death Parlor, and I want and I want Brilliant. Aquaman's books to be called uh, Killer Whale Blossom Machine. Brilliant. You make it sound stupid when you say it. Awesome. I liked all the one-liners in it too. There was definitely a lot of those. Right? Yeah, there was. Yeah. Well, the whole closing page of the book is pretty freaking epic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Curtis, I'm with Craig. Sadly. I don't like these big events, but I'm going to give it a four. I think it could have been contained in the Batman Robin book and been that story, but it's a very epic story. So It's, it's, own po- bo- it's important. It's own book. It's it's actually this. Yeah, it's good. So I'll give it a four. All right. Yeah, I don't expect this reaching across to a whole bunch of other titles, but. 
Well, I mean, it's it's like a bookend for the the Batman Robin stuff. Well, I, don't, I don't like it. Remember Battle of the Atom, where they released Battle of the Atom, and it went through all the books and the Battle of the Atom. Oh too. right. I don't, I don't like that. Uh, yeah. yeah There's more stories than just put it in the book because it, it very it impacts Batman and Robin so much. Right. So I, isn't this I, only like there's going to be two of these, and then just the Batman and Robin book? Right. Mm-hmm. Probably so, because there'll probably be a closer for this. Yeah, that's uh, so far the so far what I know is uh, Omega was the opening, and Alpha is the ending. Right. Call it Robin Rising, Alfred. Alfred. I kind of wonder if they did this because of the whole Batman Inc. death just took everybody by surprise. Since this is going to affect all the Batman universe, maybe they thought, like, we need to put flashing lights on top of it. Yeah. Right. But no, I've, I've read a lot of stuff online that people were under the impression that Robin was just going to come back in this issue. Mm, yeah, I mean, it, I, you could kind of get that from the title, I guess, but the title pretty much says. Well, it's it's the beginning, man. It's the beginning. Yeah. Alright, I'll give it four and a half. Is it awesome? You guys are way too generous. Uh, man, I don't. You know, I'll give it for. I think there's different high points for each of us with this book. I mean, as far as, like, everything in general, and everybody knows I love Batman. <laughs> you know, I, I'm a Batman lover. I, I felt the book worked out really well. And they, they fixed something, and I know this is stupid. I'm sorry I'm even wasting your time with this, but there was a scene in Batman, Inc., where Batman shows up right after Talia saves his life, and she's had a slip with him, and he, like, jumps in on Ra's al Ghul, and the first time it's printed, or in Batman Inc. anyways, Batman is, like, staring down Raish, and Raish's eyes become Batman's head. <laughs> and it was the stupidest scene I've ever seen, and it drove me nuts. And they fix it in this book, <laughs> where his reflection is in his eye instead of his pupil uh, becoming Batman's head. <laughs> and I know it's a stupid complaint, but they fix it in here, so I was happy with that. <laughs> Little things, Rob. It's true. It, I can't believe how much that drove me nuts, but, like, I couldn't get past it. I, oh, I yeah. remember going to it, like, four times, being like, why? <laughs> why did you make his pupils Batman's head? <sighs> well, and he, and he basically gets a whoop. Yes, you know, it's just it's the whole ironing out pieces of Batman, and, I don't know, we just basically see bats whoop, whoop asses. Drove me more nuts than the Bruce Tim thing? The question that he wouldn't answer. Oh, oh he answered yeah, it. He answered yeah, he gave me an answer. Well, not the one that was acceptable. It was a very curt answer. <laughs> but now I know better. Curt, like, curt? Or, like, what, curt, like, curtis? yeah. No, no, like, like... Long-winded and entertaining? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Like, like, I go, why is the so. opposite of that? <laughs> Like, why are these lobsters black? And he's like, because they're not cooked, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh. And he's like, yeah, you're a dumbass for answering, asking that. So, I, you know, I, that's the kind of answer. It, it's kind of like, yeah, it was like that. Yeah, it, it just got, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a very curt answer. I'm, I'm aware, sir. 
I was there. I'm sure that somebody else probably asked him that earlier that day or something. That's impossible, well, Rob. You know earlier it was? If I ever get a chance, I'd like to ask him that question. Sure. <laughs> For a different reason. I, I think he just doesn't like being asked questions at all. God forbid he has to answer a question when he's ordering food. Mm. The poor woman or man will lose their head. <laughs> Questioning well, my genius? <laughs> right. What, what would you What would you like? Uh, you know. <laughs> how, would you like your, how, no! how, how would you like your eggs? Only one way, you moron! <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think there's even another way to do eggs. You do them scrambled and that's it. <laughs> the other ways are not real eggs. <laughs> Awesome. That's the baby bird watching you eat it. <laughs> <laughs> You're making him out to be a monster. <laughs> it's true. He's not that bad. He's really. I Man, you didn't. Only three of us saw the way he treated that guy behind you when you went to went to have a. You basically went to apologize to the dude for upsetting him, and the next guy in line behind you, no connection to you whatsoever. And that poor bastard got his wrath. <laughs> yeah, received your wrath. <laughs> or Bruce Tim's wrath for you. There's a lot of wrath given. What do you want? There's, there's worse than that, man. Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay. Well, that, with that, with that, that, that ended. Um, let's go and uh, run, a, wanna run one of our interviews from the, uh, from the Denver Comic Con. That sound like a sound like a good time for that. Yep. So okay. say we all. All right. Is this uh, Lila? This is Lila and, and and Eric. Lila Del Duca. Yeah, right. They were a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah they were. They really were. That was really cool that they spent the time that they did with us. So I actually got we actually got a, uh, an email from from Eric actually. Yeah. 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 Here's your interview, Eric. Bum bum bum. <laughs> Top five comics, and this is Layla Del Duca and Eric Taylor. Okay, and let's, let's go ahead and start with Layla. So when did you really realize that this is what you wanted to do? Hmm, about half a year after graduating college with an illustration degree, I met Zach Howard, and he had the most beautiful comic book artwork ever. And I was like, wow, I love comics all my life. How can you make a living off of this? And he said that he made a comfortable living off of it and thought it was possible and it was the first moment where I was like, whoa, maybe I can draw something I've loved all of my life. And so that's kind of the moment that I, I switched gears. And <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think it's that you didn't were like a comic fan growing up. Yeah, I read webcomics growing up and I loved the perfect balance between words and pictures that comics were. Okay. I always loved drawing and I always loved reading. And uh, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're pretty web comics, not like the normal comics that everyone else read. And only in college did I start to branch out to uh, like Marvel, DC, Image, a lot of indie people, like Craig Thompson, Okay. Yeah. Very cool. How about yourself, man? Well, I've been reading comics my whole life. Uh, I started reading Uncanny X-Men, Dark Phoenix Saga, that was like the seminal book to me. I always touched upon that. Okay. I loved it. Uh, my friends and I growing up, we would ride our bikes to the Penny Candy store and they had a comic book rack with five comics and I said, I really want to like be involved in this one day. Mm-hmm. And throughout my whole life, I've always tried to gravitate towards doing comic book type things. I've managed comic book shops. Okay. Well, singular shop. 
Um, I did an independent study in college for comic book writing, and then I did another one about comic book history. Okay. Uh, so that was, those are some easy A's to get. <laughs> um, I thought I was going to go into film, and I went from school, and then I realized that just like the art of storytelling, uh, not that film is storytelling, but I wanted to be more of a writer instead of a filmmaker, so I got my English degree and uh, started making comics. Uh, for myself and start drawing characters, creating worlds and things like that. Okay. And then when I, I got a comfortable job uh, that paid pretty well, and I said, well, now's the time to invest in that passion of mine and start making some comics. So I can leave that very comfortable job and... And, and take the much more riskier <laughs> job of making comics. <laughs> well, like, hopefully not risky, but... Sometimes, yeah. I would say most times. <laughs> I, I would believe that. I would believe that. And, and um, doing this and meeting people like Layla and Kevin Karen and, and people like Zach Howard, it's just it's amazing how everyone comes together once they know you're all, like, you just want to make comics. And that's really all that matters. And everyone's very supportive and cool, and it's amazing to be a part of it. But when you guys were, were starting out, like, did you ever draw other people's characters or were you always like I'm going to just start my own characters and, and that was where or, I, like, I you, think you I started little. trying to sketch characters that I read in novels like okay. real time series by Robert Jordan was a huge influence on me as a kid and okay. I would and I would say that his writing actually inspired me to become an illustrator because it was so frustrating trying to draw these characters that I didn't have the skills to draw mm. uh, and so I was like well I need to know how to like get what's on my brain, in my brain onto the paper, so, oh my god, I already, like, forgot where I was doing this, <laughs> but, oh yeah, I, I don't typically draw other people's characters, and I never have been super excited about drawing other people's characters. Thank you, for me, I wanted to create my own comic, uh, my own characters, this is the Pantheon Project is my first comic. Nice, uh, yeah. So uh, a lot of years just kind of tinkering around with characters' names, designs, uh, with the co-creator, Kevin Karen, and we, uh, yeah, it's just, I have never really considered writing other people's characters. I'm not opposed to it, but I just am so focused on what I was trying to create at the time. Yeah. And maybe I get to do that in the future, but it's not the goal. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's cool. You know, it's just been fun learning, like, who did what and where they came from, so, like, that's... Yeah. Where that came, like, question so comes from. So many different origin stories. It's true, <laughs> and they've been fantastic. So it's great to hear all of them. So now, I, I would assume that both of you guys have a lot of control over what what you're putting into your books right now. Yeah. Did you have a lot of say in it, or do you get a lot of just like this is the script, just do this? Stuff? Well, we get uh, the only things that we've received editorial-wise, just more constructive criticism, mm-hmm. uh, maybe uh, not having the characters swear. Okay. Or, you know, just things to uh, give us more access to more more audience. You know, things, things like that, and those are, you know, if you, if you fight back against that, and you just, why bother, right? <laughs> it's, it's all very helpful, creative stuff, and it, it's getting rid of, getting, uh, t- or taming down some of the content in order to, you know, spread the message a little bit further is, and that's the great thing about creator-owned comics is that you don't have people being like, hey, this character can't go this, do this, because it coincides. Yeah. It's, it's bumping into this, or it's must not yeah. this continuity. Yeah, because it's all your continuity. You mm-hmm. don't have to worry about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so from a storytelling standpoint, it's all been very our, our set, what we want to do. Very cool. Very much. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Because now, now, I'm, now I'm the one who's turned on. <laughs> it's almost like a nap right now. Oh. We'll record it. It'll be good. Yeah, it's so exciting. Right. So, well, you guys already kind of mentioned this, but I guess we'll try it anyways. If, if there was another character that you that you could be doing the art for, or writing for, is there is there an established character that you'd like to do? Yes. There's so many, though. Because <laughs> I think now that my skill level is better, I think I would feel a little bit more ownership on other people's characters. Yeah. That might sound weird, but I think, like, the past few years, I think why I haven't wanted to draw other people's characters is because I don't think I would have done them justice. Okay. I don't want to do their characters really crappily. I want to be able to do it really well. And now I finally feel comfortable with my skill level that I could draw other people's characters. Like, I would absolutely love to draw a Hellboy story. Okay, yeah. I love Mignola's work and Hellboy, the character itself, fantastic. And then um, a lot of image titles out there right now that would be really fun. Like, I know I would never be able to touch Saga and I wouldn't want anyone else to touch Saga, but like, I, like the characters fun. are so fun. Yeah. yeah. So that would be great. What about you, Eric? Well, uh... In the 90s, my my favorite comic, and now it's a guilty pleasure because it doesn't hold up, but uh, The New Warriors. Okay. Uh, my friend and I at, at work, yeah, we always go back and forth about the really great idea we have for it. So if I were ever to write other characters and take a shot at it, I would love that one. Yeah. I want to create a New Warriors comic that uh, I would like to read. Yeah. And I just think it would be good. Well, they just dumped it off and started New Warriors again. I know. And uh, I was... I was excited, and then I was bummed to the... Well, I was excited because it's the New Warriors again. It just won't go away, which is great. But I was bummed because uh, it wasn't my idea, but it would be cool if, like, oh, they did do something like that, so I get to read it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised. No Night Thrasher. What's that? No Night Thrasher. In my story, there is. There <laughs> <laughs> you go. And at first, they, they've done one run of The Wheel of Time. But there's yeah. plenty of other books. Yeah, like, I would love to do a little time spin-off comic. Okay. Maybe not making the books into the comics, but it seems so ambitious. They were... It was really long. Yeah. <laughs> it was and a really long series. And they did a really great job. Cool. Yeah. The New Spring wasn't that two or three graphic novels. And that was Probably. one book. Yeah. That was a prequel cool book. And they ra- wrote after... You know what it was? It was about three. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but it was going to be fun. It would be good fun. Yeah. Yeah. No? Your book is working on Gendron. What is your long range plans The book series that you're working on now, do you, what's your long range plans with it? And when you finish it up, do you want to carry on and do another time? Well, the, uh, the Pantheon project is going to uh, wrap up a fourth issue for the first volume. Uh, we decided we it was at one point longer and then shorter, then longer than shorter. It, we just really you know, went into this with all of the best intentions, and most of those have been met. So we're gonna we're gonna round it out the first volume so we could be on the bookshelf and uh, hopefully work together in the future to create volume two. But with Zayla's uh, career taking off and mine just starting, and we don't want to. Uh, hold each other down with this uh, idea and come back to it when it feels right because we always uh, wanted it to be fun and when it when it stopped being fun and became uh, interfering with other things that were more career progressive it was uh, you know time to pause it and then go back to it and yeah, keep it fun and 
come back. I can see where that would be. Yeah. yeah initially, it was going to be a five-issue story arc, mm-hmm. but um, in the midst of Shutter, I've been like falling. I haven't been falling behind on deadlines because we have a long enough buffer yeah. that I won't miss my deadlines, but I'm catching up to myself. And so I was like, oh my god, I don't think I can draw the last two um, issues of Pandan Project because of this. And he's like, meet me in the middle. And so we're going to end it on a fourth issue. Okay. And so there'll be four issues where I think it's what he's going to do with his content. Really exciting. Yeah, I, I, I hope I pulled it off. It's, uh, I always wanted to end the story on a positive note, and uh, the whole time, you know, it's like the, the, the little like, vampire strikes back, not that it's going to be that good of a movie, but it's like a little down note, and then they finish it on a strong note. But no, I, it just feels a lot tighter and having a lot of fun, and it's, uh, you know, seeing Layla's artwork on Shutter, it's just my mind is full of ideas now to have an absolute blast on the class that she's probably think. It's working out really well. And how about with Shutter? Sorry. Are, are we continuing on with Shutter? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Good. Um, I mean, we want to have, ideally, I don't know, a 15 to 60 issue run on it. Wow, There's okay. There's a lot of things we could go, where yeah. we could go with Shutter. But, I mean, hopefully people keep reading it so we can tell the full story. But if not, I have absolute faith that Joe can wrap up the story real fast if he needs to. Well, hopefully not. Hopefully you can just carry it on. I, yeah. <laughs> go as far as you want to go. Yeah, I love working on it. I love it. But yeah, I, with the, the, you know, when it, where it starts becoming a job rather than something that you want to do, I think that, I think a lot of, like, especially the early creators for Image, that's what happened. They're like, they're like, yeah, I really love working on Spawn, and then they're like, Spawn's an institution now. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, you know, I can't end it. I can't do anything with it. I just have to keep going forever, and yeah. it's not fun anymore. And I think the issue with us is just, like, time constraints. Yeah. Like, if we had the funds and the time... Sandown Project would have already been done. And, and I still love these characters. I still love the stories. It's more like, yeah, the timing is going off. Yeah, and the, but the timing right now, we've made it uh, work, so we're gonna we're both going to end on a very positive uh, note. And, uh, yeah. and, leave, and hopefully it finds a, a good audience and it, it brings in money and, and attention and uh, we both find a, our way back to it. Did we cover how you two got together? I don't think so. Yeah. Well... Uh, I created this, uh, I co-created this with Kevin Karen, mm-hmm. who's also a comic book artist. He did Badger with uh, Mike Barron. Okay. Um, but he, uh, he had to bow out of our, of our creative efforts just because of uh, work and other jobs and things like that. And I was really ramping up, so I was like, oh, I went away before it got started. But he recommended I talk to Layla. And I went to her website, looked at her work, and I just sent her an email, and she didn't know me from anyone, and uh, she responded, and we met up, and there we are. I was like, wow, this is the best script I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. I, like, I well, thank you for this. Thank you for lying to me, but... No, I'm going to tell. I'm super The first script is like a mini novel. It's just so full of details, because I didn't have a visual partner. Okay. So I was like dumping it all in there. Now my scripts are a lot leaner, which I'm sure they love to share. Yeah, it's like over the years, my skills have also come I think we've learned a lot about storytelling together. I can leave a lot of my mind's eye out of it. There we go. <laughs> but um, yeah, we met and then uh, uh, we agreed on uh, you know page rates and things like that. And if there's anything I can say to any any person, any writer who wants to get into the industry, is uh, be willing to pay your artists. Uh, yeah. You can promise. Uh, Co-owner rights and back-end like profit margins and all that, but they need to pay rent each like that day. So you need yeah. to 
kids, be willing to not only put in the time, but put in the investment, however which way that's possible. And we started our first two, our first two issues of the Kickstarter event. Okay. So we ran those campaigns in the ruined 30 days of sleep each year we did it. But uh, it was worth it. We generated fans and we met so many great people and the support was amazing. And uh, Kickstarter, uh, uh, we may or may not go back to it for our last issue, but it was it's, uh, definitely an experience in of itself. Sure. Trying to get the support to get stuff off the ground. And we're very touched and humbled by that and we got to work. <laughs> it feels good to meet Layla and just give her a check for the rest of the work and be like, all right, let's get to work. <laughs> <laughs> I can believe that. I can believe that. It's not uncommon. Like, you know, a lot of people are trying to do like a monthly issue and they get another monthly issue on top of it. It's hard to keep up. Yeah, we get a new, at, the pa- at the pace we have been at, it's been an issue a year. Um, and, and we're totally okay with that because of our other commitments. Yeah. It's so great that I, I, we feel like connected to this story and, yeah. and to each other enough to keep, keep going slowly but surely. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. How'd you get by Joe? I was at New York City Comic Con in 2012, and it was kind of like my last effort to try to get hired at a convention. So by that time, I was jaded, and I was tired of doing projects that I wasn't like super into and I think I was working on a zombie western at the time as well as Hanson Project and the zombie western wasn't really my thing so I'm not really into zombies. I, I, I guess or I discovered during the project I wasn't that into it. Okay. Uh, but anyways, I was jaded. It wasn't, I like, never found the project that super clicked and I was tired of being a mouth breather trying to talk to like, Brian Wood, or like, Mike Vanilla, and like, be that jerk who, like, gets in the conversation. So, anyway, just like a super tangent. Whatever, I met Joe there. <laughs> he, was, right. he was, like, the only writer who was like, yeah, I want to work with you. And I was like, yeah, you're awesome. True. We met through Ross Campbell, because Ross was working in Glory with him at the time, and Ross and I both were staying with Amy Reader. Which is, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, that's nice. It's been a huge support. I cannot think of it. Yeah, she was down here last year. Yeah. Yeah, we missed her this year, for sure. Yeah. I am currently that mouth breather who goes around and talks to people and interrupts the conversation. Yeah, I really, Eric's writing is really great, and somehow I can drag him into the industry with me. Well, yeah, yeah. Here pretty soon. That's what it won't be with you. It won't be kicking and screaming and shins up back. That just sounds wrong. Eric, sense that you're not into this. I'm going to drag you. Uh, <laughs> even with, if you're really tired. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 so, anyone else? Um, you're trapped on a desert island. What would be the fine things you'd want to bring with you? A banjo. Okay. <laughs> Do you know how to play the banjo? Really crappily, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your skills would improve on the island. Yes. You'd yes. come off and you'd be like yeah. green banjo. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, I mean, a ton of water. I mean, like, what's the water source on this island? This is a good question. This is a good question. We found that the island is getting bigger as we ask the question. The water is a good choice. Oh, yeah. Water, uh, probably an axe. Okay. Uh, what are the tools that I need to create housing? <laughs> <laughs> Probably a dress. 
Okay. That would be comfortable, and it's only one other school of clothing that I have to worry about wearing. And then, uh, 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 And it doesn't have to be super practical, it's okay. Well, I mean, there's so many factors and variables that go into this building. You don't know what the island is like. It's true. It, it's kind of a large-ish island. We're talking yeah. like, uh... Like Green Arrow's island that he was trapped on, so okay. we got like mountains and like little streams and some animals maybe. Okay. Um, but we're not talking the TV show one where everybody and their cousin was on the island. Yeah. This is deserted. Can I can I request like some chicken? Because <laughs> then I can have some eggs and then if I want to eat meat, I can kill a chicken. There you go. But I want more than one. <laughs> so how does that come for? Two chickens or two chickens? You get one crate full of chicken. Okay, cool. There you go. Is that five things? That's five things. Okay. So, so it's a banjo, an axe, some water, some chicken, a and a dress. Alright. Uh, durable clothing. Okay. Or if I have to keep it singular, durable fabric so I can make that clothing. Uh, a rifle with ammunition. Okay. If I just get one, I'll just have one bullet. <laughs> I'll either eat or not. <laughs> a hammock. Something to poke holes in the coconuts with so I can <laughs> drink out of. Okay. And, uh, I can't bring my dog. Oh, you can. You can bring your dog. Bring dog. Boom. There you go. Can't leave the dog behind. <laughs> okay. You're in a fantasy land. Would you ride a chaclapone? Would I what? Ride a chaclapone. Only if I can wash afterwards. Like, writing chocolate is going to be dirty. It's it's going probably will be. It's super messy. It's only if I can, like, take a shower afterwards. <laughs> like, hopefully in Fantasyland there's a shower. Right. Well, then, <laughs> but, you, would. but you'd rather chocolate pony. Yeah, Alright. Yeah. What the experience. There you go. <laughs> well, who else can say they rode in the chocolate pony? Everyone else can say Well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> only if it's really hot out. Only if it's really hot? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's it. My only condition. It's gonna be super hot. Yep. That way the pony will melt as you ride it. That's right. That's when I see what happens. Don't be hard though. You can just fly off. I hold on. I don't know how. Wait, long. no. You can be like. You can see yeah, fingers. You can do it. Just kind of become a part of it while I go away. Well, how long? How long do I need to ride it? That's a good question. I, I'm assuming for fun, but it's hard to say. I'm talking chocolate Well, it is fantasy land. I would love it if it talked. We could have a talk. Okay, let's have a talk. Unfortunately, you'd probably just whine all the time. Like, I'm getting dirty. <laughs> I got grass stuck in my hook. Yeah. I would not want it to talk because my mind was still on that island, and eventually I'd have to eat it. <laughs> and I don't want it and, to be eating a Eating a chocolate foamy would be... It would be horrible. That's probably a good name for either an album or a short story. Eating the chocolate. Right, the chocolate. Wait a second. What about your dog Harley? Though free Harley on the desert island with you. What if you're starving? Do you ever eat her? This is really morbid. I'm sorry. No. Question mark. Definitely not. She she would eat me. All right. Yeah. We're going to go with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, guys. Also look forward to... Humberto Ramos. Also the world-famous... Ryan Otley. And... Dan Scandal? Scandal? Scandals? 
can't, I don't know how to say his name. Sicari? Sicari. Dan Sicari. Dan Sicari, that's right. So you had to put some English on, on the end of the Sicari. That's what I, that's what I was told. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Evidently, the Pantheon Project is going to be released on Comicsology next week. Oh. So if you don't have a copy of that, try getting it there. Right. It's worth it. Support him and life. Yeah, because this is his first book. And Shutter. Yeah, Shutter, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shutter. Gangster yeah, Lions. Yeah. Good stuff. So, uh. <laughs> <laughs> you quit dancing. Oh. Sorry. Are you doing the Batusi for a second? I was going to try. I was like a T Rex Batusi. How can you touch <laughs> anything? <laughs> They're so tiny. Poor T Rex. I still love you. <laughs> Alright, so books to watch. Uh, Curtis, go. Uh, Jim Zub ending is ending Pathfinder, and he's going to be writing D&D. Go figure. Yeah, so pick that up. It's going to be good. Um, keep going with the Devilers. I think it's going to be amazing. Uh, keep an eye out for Death Vigil and something else that everybody loves. Go get your favorite book. <laughs> Wasn't there a, uh, another uh, a Kickstarter we were going to mention? Oh, yeah. I was going to do that after all this. Oh, okay. All right, all right. All right. Mike Books to Watch? Black Science. All right. Of course. Uh, low, low's coming up. Remender, right. Remender cannot miss right now. Black Science. With his indie stuff. Um, legendary Star-Lord. Black Science will be back here very soon. Yes. I, I know you, you might have been like, oh my gosh, wait, we haven't had a Black Science in forever, but it is coming out yeah. at the end of this month, which is weird because it'll date this episode, but whatever. And, of course, Batman and Robin. And the main Batman book. I mean, you can't you can't lose there. Right. Good stuff. Craig? American Vampire. Okay. Kicking into high gear. It's good uh, It's good again. Had kind of a rough patch there for a while. But yeah, there just wasn't... It, it took a hiatus. Right. And, there, you know, we had with the wake happening. And, right. Uh, you know. And uh, this is the EC style of vampires, you know, not the ones that twinkle or sparkle or whatever. <laughs> but these <laughs> are the second cycle. Right. right, second second cycle of, for American Vampire. That's the title head, yeah. These are the ones that stick a spigot in your neck and have parties while you bleed out. So get worked on. Check it out. <laughs> Good stuff, Mr. Ross. I've heard some uh, rumors that the Legion of Superheroes is going to be showing up in Justice League United, Ooh. starting in the near future. So keep an eye out for that one and. There's supposedly going to be a Ninja Turtles Ghostbusters crossover. What? 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 All right. And then it's not a comic book, but they've announced the Justice League Throne of Atlantis animated movie coming out. (laughs) Oh, that sounds like it would have been good in the news. Well, isn't Shazam going to be in that instead? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, throwing a a Shazam. (laughs) Shazam of Atlantis? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We, we didn't think we could do enough with Aquaman, so uh, <laughs> we just had we just had Shazam live underwater too. We got a snorkel and yeah. stuff. Aquaman's yeah. such a joke. Let's replace him with Shazam. It's not Shazam. You watch what you sea. you watch what you say, sir. You watch you watch your mouth. Rob yeah. books. Um. Mono. Well, of course, Amazing Spider-Man or Amazing X-Men has been fantastic. Um. T 
Teen Titans just came out with a brand new start for its series, which is amazing. So, just support behind that one because it's actually really, really good this time. It's pretty uh, legit, yeah. I haven't, yeah. I haven't read it yet, but the art looks awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm. But um, there's also going to be something crazy happening with Flash, where they're bringing Wally and all the other different Flashes together for a moment, including two versions of Barry. So, oh, why not? That would be, a, that'd be awesome. So the pile of flash. It's true. Uh, yeah, you know, I I have to keep up with that also. Uh, as far as books are concerned, like uh, Death Angel, it it really is great. If you, I mean, if you get a chance, check it out because it's awesome. Yeah, the first issue is like double size, and there's no ads in it. Right. Twenty three ninety nine. <laughs> right. It is so worth it. <laughs> they really can't beat it for what it. I mean, for just set up and you can't beat it. Awesome. Um, yeah, I'm kind of short-winded with that. Enormous? Yeah, enor- yeah, Enormous will be back. Um, it, I want to say, God, man, it's kind of a big... The end of, the end of July is really kind of big with the books that are coming out on the 30th, so there, there's a lot of stuff dropping at the end of the month. Anyway. Um, we had a uh, question? Oh, or, we have uh, Kickstarter. Kickstarter. Uh, Kickstarter, go support Larkin Eagle. It's a... Uh, let, me, let me get you the tagline real quick. It's about... Uh, Two washed-up heroes are given another chance by a reality TV show. Now they are ready to redeem themselves in prime time. This is getting put out by Steve Johnson. Art's great in it. Um, Steve's a stand-up guy, very into comics. Um, there's a seven-page preview available for backers, so go back that. Um, we, we get introduced in that seven-page preview. It's a hero overhaul is the name of the show. And um, we meet uh, Alexander Lark, and she's kind of a posh, uppity kind of... Um, high class lady right and uh, she gets approached by these two CIA looking guys and she obviously becomes Lark and then we meet uh, Colonel Ray who's kind of a uh, uh, Nick Fury type character right yeah very I'd say yeah very Nick Fury or the marine guy from Avatar Uh kind of that build to him and he's in a bar and he's kind of confronting these guys and eventually he agrees to go with it and uh that's kind of where we end off in those seven pages, but it looks like it's going to be good. It's going to be fun time. This is a re-release, and uh, one of the covers for issue one is actually going to be by J.K. Woodward as well. So, right, which we awesome. support J.K., support Steve, support Larkin Eagle. Um, can we put a link in the? Yeah, we'll put a link. We'll put a link in the in the notes for the uh, for this for this particular episode, so you can click on that guy to take you to the. Uh, Kickstarter page. And, and at this point, they've reached their goal. This is the second time, so they've reached their goal this time. Right. And he's releasing all these new um, rewards. Right, so, stretch goals. Yeah, so go go meet, go meet go back that. Um, if you like good comics, I think it'll be a good comic. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to talk to Steve sometime soon. Right. So. Well, yeah, yeah, you, you, you're getting messages, getting, talking to him a little bit on the, uh, the, old, the old Twitter. Yeah. So follow us on Twitter too. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Follow Steve Johnson on Twitter. Right, you know, people and stuff. Yeah. Uh, there was also uh, the, the uh, what's his name from Stray. Uh, Vito. Vito. Vito was giving shout outs to uh, to uh, to Larkin, Larkin, Larkin Eagle, Larkin Eagle. Think, Gosh, man, words. I think Vito's actually going to feature Larkin Eagle. He in is. One of their, in number two issue two. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Stray's going to be good too. Right. All these well, good books. We should actually have an interview with him in San Diego. That'll so, be sweet. Should be, should be a good time. Yeah. 
Vito's good people. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, this is awesome. So Steve Johnson and Vito. <laughs> is that a comic? No. Could be. Yeah. Steve Eagle and Johnson. Vito Lark. Johnson and Vito. <laughs> you stop. <laughs> you you stop. God. <sighs> All right. Uh, do you do we want to do the? Uh, I think we're a little long winded right now. Right. Especially with the interview. Three hours? Is yeah. that all you got? <laughs> Nobody wants to listen to it. <laughs> right. Call it a wrap. Call it a wrap. Comics, folks. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to continue. Nope. <laughs> I thought there was a right. safe hey, way. Comics support don't, comics. Don't you, don't you mm. ride one of those? A Segway? That's right. Mm-hmm. Segway right. comics? Like Bill Cosby comics? Kind of. Sure. What, what, and one is our Twitter? Yeah, we Top have a five. Twitter Well, there's, there's two of them. What's, there's, what's there's, the name? Yeah, I think it's just Top 5. Top 5 Podcast with 5 spelled out. Right. And then at Top 5 Podcaster, and that's kind of run by the crew. Right. So. Yeah, if you're looking for the Top 5 on Twitter, it's the Top 5 F-I-V-E and then Podcast. Uh, and to follow the, the gang. I guess right now. Right, you get should. your phone out and get to work right now. We've actually got a giveaway going too, so um, we'll probably do that at our next podcast. See who we can get. Right, and hopefully we'll have some more stuff from from the old Comic Con in San Diego. We yeah. some more uh, reviews on iTunes. That doesn't, doesn't hurt either. Yeah, if you like it and and, and want to leave us a review, do that. We sure. appreciate all the listeners we got. Right, right. If you don't like it, tell us what to do better. Yeah, contact us at anything. Man. God forbid you give us any ideas. <laughs> Bat manga. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, dang, I, was Sorry. That. I know you were. Why shut up? It's got more Death Man in it. Sure. Awesome. They talk like a seed racer. It's great. They might not actually talk like in your mind. How they work in my head, though. <laughs> <laughs> the broken, broken place to be. <laughs> Thank you all. Good night. And that's the rest of the key. The key. The key. The key. The key. Oh, no, no, no Scooby Doo in me. Da na da. 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 Da na da